0: Day by day, he was slipping away from them. And at the moment, she hadn't a blasted clue what to do about it.
1: <laughs> you fucked up, Catswain. That is right. Welcome back to the nerdy.
0: The wordy. <clears throat>
1: the book club. This is the show where we talk about a book. This time, it's The Gathering Storm, the twelfth book, our thirteenth. But the twelfth book in mm-hmm. The Wheel of Time. We did the prequel already. You're right. New you're Spring. Right. It was very good.
0: You're right. You're right.
1: Let's get into uh, week two of The Gathering Storm, which is as good as week one. But we're going to talk about some things uh, that are starting to uh, some red flags that I'm starting to pick up on in this book.
0: Red flags.
1: Yeah, but before that, we got some housekeeping. Sorry that we're late today, y'all. Uh, By the way, my name's Nerdy.
0: And I'm Clarice. If you've never
1: seen the show before, why are you starting with this one? But we should throw our names out there.
0: I guess, yeah. Maybe watch episode one or or I don't know. Is it weird? Does anyone go back and watch the earlier yeah. ones? Like, how Episode one has like
1: 26,000 views or something How
0: like different is it? Is it like, were we like babies? Were we so innocent?
1: Yeah, because we didn't know anything about the series. No, I not Now know we, we know too into. much.
0: <laughs> We've seen too much.
1: But uh, sorry it's a later start today. Clarice had a callback this morning. So everyone be very proud of her.
0: Yes. I wore my lucky pants.
1: You did wear so, your lucky um, pants.
0: Yeah. Whenever I get booked, I usually end up wearing those pants. Or like I in either my audition or callback, I, I have worn those pants. So.
1: Yeah. Clarice's voice is a little rough today because yesterday was May the 4th and we celebrated Star Wars very hard uh, yes. at Offworld uh, with our raffle winner, Fanta. Thank you for uh, the people who joined the raffle. Uh,
0: Hell yeah.
1: And uh, to uh, Karlak, who was also there last night. It was so wonderful to meet you. And, uh, yeah. Haruz, um, <clears throat> how are you feeling?
0: Uh, you know, I, I would have definitely... I'm going to move the liked... mic a little
1: bit closer to you today.
0: Oh, yeah. I would have liked a little more sleep last night.
1: Did you have a hard time falling asleep?
0: No. No, but we got home late.
1: <laughs> we did get home late. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. We, had, we had... Much fun was had. Uh, it was a good time if you're... Oh, Yeah. Follow mic in in the camera, um, yeah. If you're ever in Toronto, Offworld Bar is fucking fantastic. We love a nerd bar.
1: We do, we do. Um, Offworld in uh, Toronto is an incredible location.
0: Yeah, we also have actually. I'm gonna pull up the link here so I can drop it in the chat. But we've got an announcement about the relay. If you haven't seen already,
1: we found our final member for the role play relay. Hell yeah! That's right. Jillian uh, Foxglove is going to be our tenth, our eighth player, our tenth member of the on camera crew. Uh, so, uh, if you don't know who Jillian Foxglove is, uh, go follow her on all of her socials. She's an incredible lady, and we're very lucky. Uh, for those of you who don't know, the Roleplay Relay was announced last week. We're doing a seven-day, twenty-four-seven consecutive Dungeons and Dragons stream. As someone explained it to me last night, uh, at one hundred and sixty-eight hours, we're doing a half a critical roll in one straight sitting.
0: A half a critical. We're
1: doing a half a season. We're doing a half a campaign of critical roll in one sitting.
0: I don't like it when you put it like that.
1: I know. It's fun, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh so that's coming uh, July 29th to August 5th.
0: Yeah. So Guys, it's going to be fun. Y'all are fun. not ready. Like it's it's going to be fucking bonkers. Go follow Jillian, she's the best. Yeah. How you feeling?
1: I feel much better than you do. Uh I'm good. I, I when we were sick earlier in the week. I'm like back yeah. to like I'm I'm riding high. So I
0: don't like feel that bad. It's just like my voice is like no fuck you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> we can hear it. Sorry. Love you. No, I mean. Uh... Um, but yeah, everyone's saying that we're mad. We are mad. We are mad. Um, Correct. Yul Yul says, "How do we watch it all too? We need sleep." Uh, well, I'm. Oh, we're gonna be doing constantly like recaps. Uh, that will be up on YouTube throughout the thing, so you can watch like the latest recap and catch up to the live. Uh, and then afterwards, it is all gonna go live. So I think that like we're gonna do it in like three hour episodes. Uh, that will go up as podcasts and as YouTube videos. So uh, for the people who aren't able to be there for all of it live, uh, I understand. Uh, the finale of it will be Saturday at 5 p.m., so I'm hoping that that will be the 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 lead-up to the finale. Everyone will be able to be there for that and kind of catch up as they go along. Yeah. Um, but the, the goal of it is to um, do something unhinged and fun and maybe, maybe uh, set a Guinness World Record. Uh, we're talking with Guinness to see if we can do that. So we're hoping that we're going to have a nerdy nightly Guinness World Record this summer.
0: Maybe, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, so uh, we'll see if that happens. But um, yeah, we're going to do our best to make sure that the audience can follow along as uh, in the same way that, that the players have to mm-hmm. follow along because they're not going to be on camera the whole time as well. So
1: Yeah, it's going to be a good time.
0: It's going to be a good time. <clears throat> How
1: are you feeling about this week's reading of The Gathering Storm?
0: It's so good. I'm very happy. I, like...
1: Happy is not the emotion that I would attribute to this week's reading. I,
0: sorry, I'm not happy about what happened in the reading. I'm very happy that the last couple books reading them have been like, okay, cool, like getting through it. Mm-hmm. And uh, finally in this book again, I have that like, I don't want to put this down feeling. Yeah. So I'm happy mm-hmm. about that, I should say.
1: Arzu, thank you for gifting five <coughs> memberships to the community. Appreciate Arzu, thank
0: that. you so much.
1: I am... I'm still very much enjoying this book. I think this book is very good. Oh, one of our mods got a memo. Let's go. Now What's you can matter? go
0: watch the reaction we posted yesterday.
1: Yeah, we posted two audiobook reactions uh, to chapter 22 and 23, which I think we'll talk about when we get to those chapters, instead of talking about them now and at the end, which we sometimes do and yes. always, because then we don't know what to talk about at the end of the podcast. Uh, I very much am still enjoying this book. I think it is very well written. I like what Brandon Sanderson is doing in the sandbox of Robert Jordan's world. Mm-hmm. Uh, And I like the mesh of their two voices together. Yeah. Um, This week, though, I did feel a little bit of the, there are a few too many plot lines nag of like, the the, you know, almost every chapter this week is a different point of view.
0: Or several point of views. Or
1: several point of views. Yeah. And I I am hoping that we are, I'm hoping that we're quickly coming to the end of that. Because this week felt a little bit less focused than last week did. Yeah. And um, particularly with some of the storylines that is really just what is going on with people. Yeah. uh, yeah. The Perrin and Fayil stuff was a little bit, it was reflective of previous books in a way that I was like, cool. Like it was good stuff, but also like we're kind of, it was just kind of its own thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, we need to have the threads start to come together.
1: Auntie uh, angerver, anger, Angervo, thank you so much for those five memberships. That's so kind of you. I really you appreciate it. Thank you
0: so much. It. Hell yeah. So many green names in the chat.
1: Um, But yeah, I, I definitely felt the bounce around this week, more so than previous weeks. Even though I liked all of the events, I did notice in the reading that I was like, oh, and, and, and another place, and another place, and another place.
0: That also feels more like Brandon Sanderson. Like, other than the prologue, I, I, like, Robert Jordan did not jump around inside of chapters as often.
1: I don't think it's Brandon Sanderson's fault, though. Because I think fault. that I think no, that it I think is, it's
0: a cho- still a choice.
1: I don't even think it's a choice. I think it is a necessary yeah. thing that he is doing to wrap up what was a complaint about the previous four books doing this, but every five chapters. Mm-hmm. I think there's just simply too many plot lines. They're mm-hmm. not connected to one another. And some of them, like Matt's chapter and Parent's chapter aren't really about very much of anything, in my opinion. Like, they're, they're about those characters and where they are. It's
0: a connective tissue, yeah.
1: But those were the ones where I was I was like, okay, like, this was a whole chapter about we're still just kind of moving this forward. Yeah. And I'm excited for all of these plot lines to really be about the main narrative of the books again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and which I kind of felt last week. I felt like the first like twelve chapters really did that very well. Yeah. And this week I just was feeling it a little bit. I, I was feeling the, the 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 lag of the slog still tugging at this book a little bit.
0: And also having people in different times is all is is is, is a little funky. Like last week, there was that whole thing where like Perrin is at a completely different point in time. Yeah, than mm-hmm. other people. So. I think that that actually actually amplifies that as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, uh, J. Allen Bennett in chat says, uh, "Yeah, epic stories do be epic in the storylines. This is an epic day for that." I I think that you can be you can have multiple storylines and still have them be connected to the main narrative. And I think that the the what that what is pulling me away is that the pull away to other storylines is pulled away to a storyline that isn't in motion in any way. Like, the, the parent Fahil, the Fayul giving a funeral to Roland.
0: That was, like, a closure thing. Yeah, it was not a... Uh, yeah, it wasn't really, like, a step forward. It was, like, acknowledging that we're finished with this. I think it was, like, Brandon Sanderson being, like, thank God we're done with the Shido.
1: But it, I, I, in my opinion, it was closure that I didn't need. Like, the... Like the, the ending Roland's narrative as if ro- what Roland did was totally like he was a great guy felt strange to well, me.
0: Well, yeah, I mean I definitely don't agree with that.
1: <clears throat> like Roland's last act as a person was to grope five women as he saved them against yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. like to for for this for his remembrance to be this very sincere kind of beautiful scene that glossed over that up until his final moments he wasn't a great guy. And, like, his motives for Fail and her friends were, were never sincere or, or like, kind-hearted. Yeah. He never treated her as more than an object to be won. And so the idea that, like, oh, the brotherless, like, they did this out of the goodness of their hearts. And this funeral scene that was, like, beautifully done, I, I, I felt odd about it because it felt like it was memorializing someone for a version of themselves that I, we never saw.
0: I think what it is, like, when you when somebody <clears throat> dies at a funeral... Unless they are terrible, people generally tend to bring up and remember the th- the parts about them that were positive, right? Yeah. And I think that it's it's the the women in this scene choosing to remember these people for the like small amount of kindness that they were shown, even even though they maybe weren't the best people, even if maybe some of the motives were selfish. Their life in that camp would have been worse. It, you know, if there was mm-hmm. no one to stop the abuses of that, and so I, I think it's almost uh like rose-tinted glasses kind of thing because they're dead. Yeah. Like, a, and so that honestly felt very human. I I was reading it, being like, Roland, what a fuck!" Mm-hmm. But like, I understood the why the characters had this moment, um, and I think that I, I think that it's going to set up their relationships to one another for all coming together for the final battle.
1: I, and I agree with that. I, what, what the the thing that feels out of place in it for me is how much 15 chapters into this book, we are still having these scenes that are reflecting on previous books and totally. on, the, on the many, many plots of previous books. And that's
0: why it feels like, oh, we're jumping over here now mm-hmm. and we're ju- I Like, I definitely am not saying yeah. that that feeling is wrong. <laughs> Um, but I, I did find this scene particularly interesting because my first impulse was like, <laughs> Roland, what a fuck. Mm-hmm. But I, that, like taking a moment, I was like, I'm not fail. I was not in this situation. And like it was... I, I will use lesser of two evils, even though Roland was probably not, like, inherently evil. He just wasn't, like, the best du- dude. Oh, I agree You know, that. he yeah, just yeah. acted it, selfishly with Fayo because he wanted to fuck her, and uh, that is what it is. Yeah. But it, it did save her and probably her companions a lot of grief.
1: Oh, and, and I again, like I, I think the funeral scene is beautifully written. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's not that the scene is bad. It's that in this week of reading, we read ten chapters that felt like ten different things. And that that was the that's the only negative I can say about this week of reading. I really like this book and I like all of the chapters individually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes they don't come together in a way that feels super satisfying.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally fine.
1: Especially when Rand's storyline is moving forward so quickly and everyone else seems stalled that it's it's tough. It definitely because,
0: pulls back on the reins for those jumps away.
1: Well, and the stakes the stakes in Rand's storyline are so high every second, and the stake in everybody else's storylines kind of aren't. Like the stakes of the Matt chapter is, oh, Matt was a little bit angrier today than he usually is. Like, and that and that's the stakes of that chapter. Perrin is Matt. kind of arguing with Hopper in his dreams, and Fial goes to do a funeral for someone who died last book.
0: No, I think that the the dream thing is finally like Perrin's skills being put into like shifted into gear. Like, actually, that feels very important to me. And this the stakes. I, I agree that the Fail aside. And the Matt aside, maybe not so much, but...
1: Uh, but but my, my point is that it's important in, like, his internal journey. But in terms of the stakes <laughs> of his storyline, the Shido aren't chasing them. It's, it's very low stakes. And, like, a yeah. lot of these characters are in very low stakes positions. And Rand is, like, t- trying to contemplate torturing the Forsaken who breaks up like it, it's just that like it's this weird tension of the main plot of these books is so good right now and is moving forward so quickly and all of the other plots still kind of feel stuck at the end of knife of dreams like they haven't like mm. gotten into their next book yet and i'm just kind of like that it, it kind of feels like perrin and fayul are in a denouement phase of their knife of dreams storyline finally that i feel like could have happened at the end of last book and yeah. th- everyone, and and part of that is the fact that they're months behind, right? Oh, yes. Parent and Faye' storyline is literally behind everybody else in time as well as in like pacing. And so that that's the only thing that's tugging at me that I'm like, Matt needs to fucking get somewhere.
0: Yeah, Matt
1: needs to fucking get. I like Matt on the road with his band and him being upset. Like he needs to just get somewhere.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And because because Rand is, right? Rand is everywhere. Rand is teleporting around to 19 different countries doing all of these things. And Matt is still fucking on the road. Yeah. You know? And so when we cut to him I'm like, fuck, like our other characters are doing are, are literally fighting gods. And Matt yeah. is Matt is still walking.
0: It seems like and and uh, maybe there's stuff that like could be like shipped around or cut out, but it does it does at least feel like they are like moving in a direction to bring people together, right? Even Perrin mm-hmm. is like, "I need to find Rand."
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. and
0: and I think Matt's obviously going to go get more rain. So it, there, it's it, yeah. It feels slower in comparison, but they're definitely they're they're definitely moving towards something. They don't feel like stagnant.
1: Yeah, I just I'm excited. I'm excited for them to get into their next plot lines. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited for some characters to come together. You know, like, uh, let, let's let's get into the chapters. Let's start talking about it, because I think that as we talk about the chapters, I, I'll talk more about my feelings as we go. Um, so we get uh, the first chapter, an offer and a departure. Um, this is our uh, necessary one mention of Gawain per book, where Gawain is doing something every book. No, he was in the prologue, right? Yes. Kind of running away from Gareth Bynne's forces. Yes, yes. Um. So Gawain... Uh, is just beating the shit out of warders two at a time um who have superpowers so how good a fighter is matt
0: matt is god tier level <laughs> um
1: as we got into like him fighting sleet and um uh, Mer- Mer- marlesh i was like gawain is a fucking god yeah And Matt can beat him and Galad at the same time. Yeah,
0: like, the warders have, like, increased dexterity and awareness and reflexes. And Gawain is like, poo-poo, poo-poo, like, so Matt with his quarterstaff must be fucking, like, God-tier level. Yeah. To beat him and Galad. Yes. Galad just fucking, like, murked uh, Valda.
1: Gawain murked Valda. Who's a heron... Sorry, yeah, Gal and Gawain worked the, the yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah, yeah 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 yeah. I was like, oh wow, Matt is yeah yeah, literally <laughs> the creator. Fuck, Bella is not the creator. It's fucking Rand or Let, er, Matt. Let's be honest, like literally, yeah.
1: This scene is great. <clears throat> I do I do like that Gawain is as competent as he is. It 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 does lead into like how he beat Hamar in the tower. Like it it does track with the storylines we've heard of him. It just <clears throat> makes that one scene with emaciated, underfed, like, half mad Matt kind of hilarious now, where I'm like, how did, how did you guys lose that fight? But you can beat every Blademaster across the entire fucking country. Yeah. Like, Heron Mark blade Blademasters die to Galad and Gawain constantly in this world.
0: Yeah. And even then, I think it was Gawain. Gawain's like, no, I haven't earned a, the blade.
1: Yeah, it's, it's interesting like, that you either Why? have to take a test or kill somebody.
0: I mean, that's basically a test. Yeah, just a more dangerous one.
1: I um, the, my favorite thing about the beginning of this chapter was Sleet having this like crazy story that he comes to town with. I know, but that he doesn't want to tell anyone because he's like, oh, I do this all, I, I do this shit all the time. But I'm he, gonna like,
0: do this all day.
1: Half wounded, made it into a city. Fucking like gets rejuvenated by the mayor's daughter who falls in love with him, and he has to flee in the night because he he's kind of loves her back.
0: To Viren.
1: I was like, holy fuck, this is like a novella that I would happily read.
0: Right? But it's just the fucking Tuesday for a warder. But and it's I,
1: it's a paragraph in the fucking Wheel of Time. It's like,
0: goddamn. Um, but yeah, uh, Gowan kicks ass and Sleet is like, hey, you want to be a warder? Gowan is like, ah, shit.
1: Do you want to be a warder to the no. second worst Aes Sedai? Basically. And Gowan's like, no, I'm, I'm good. No,
0: I'm, I'm why, right. why
1: would I Why would I hitch my wagon to the second weakest person in the Aes Sedai?
0: I don't know, he's he's like, because people disregard her, she can get more shit done, and nobody cares if she comes or goes. I was like, uh, sure. Yeah, I guess that's, like, not a terrible argument. I'm not,
1: I'm not gonna lie. I feel like if you are that low in the power, the greens maybe isn't the Aja for you.
0: Maybe she's a support green. Yeah, but if you keep,
1: like, here's the thing. If you're gonna be a battle Aes you have to be able to channel. Like, she you can. have to be, no, but she's so, like, she's there weaker than... There is a than,
0: minimum level of power you have to get to be, to have to be... Yeah,
1: it's Daigan, and we know that Daigan can barely yeah. form weaves. Daigan can't even make a gateway.
0: Yeah, I mean, not everyone can make a gateway, but, yeah. I see your point.
1: So, like, if you're gonna be, like, a battleaja, I feel like you need to have people who can, like,
0: Here's the thing, you battle. only need to be good as a battleaja... If the last battle comes now, granted, it's the on whole its point way. of your existence, it's it's on its way. But you know, they maybe they thought, oh, well, no last battle in my lifetime, so I'll just become a green and have it have it nice and easy with my harem. You know,
1: yeah, sure, I yeah,
0: sure. It's just a guess.
1: I I just I was like, oh, Hatori, she's a green. She must be pretty powerful because like you're gonna go into fights with the one power, you're gonna want to be able to use it. She's like, nah, my warders. I, I just like direct my warders real well.
0: Yeah, got that big brain.
1: <laughs> Baka Kart says three thousand years of coasting. That's fair. Yeah, that is fair. Uh, so Gawain uh goes to check on his uh scouts around the town, uh, and he sees Catherin is in the main house talking to the people, and he's like, "Wait, Catherin didn't enter the town." Uh oh, SpaghettiOs. Alaida has war uh, traveling.
0: Oh no, which is we knew that. That's
1: not an oh. That's a big oh no.
0: Yeah, but we knew that.
1: No, because we knew that she knew, but when she found out, she's like, I'm not going to tell very many people. Oh, and so the oh, fact that Aleda has started it. to share that around is dangerous, right? Like yeah. if that does increase, I'm going to scooch over a little bit. Um, You know, that increases the level of danger for our main characters. Now that Aleda is <clears throat> finally like unclenched her claw on that information. Has shared it and has her people using it, right? Like that is yeah, a big change from a book ago when she knew it but didn't do anything it's with
0: it. Probably her. just the Reds that she's sharing it with. Uh, still bad, not good, very, very bad, no good. Um, very bad, no good, yeah. But uh, yeah, Gowan over here, he's like, "Hey, I'm the commander here. I should be allowed in the room when you're planning shit." And they're like, "No, fuck you." They're like, "Ha!"
1: And they funny like, boy.
0: Slam the door in his face, and he's like, "Okay, well, that's fucking weird." And then he overhears that Egwene is the Himmerlin seat of the, the Saladar barbarians. Um, and uh, Gowan rides off into the sunset, basically. Not
1: fully. He talks to Sleet first, who like sure. looks in his eyes and figures it out immediately, because that's how information is passed in the Wheel of Time, is just looking at people's faces and being like, I know exactly what you're going to do. Um, yep. And Facts. He's right. Gowan is like, okay, well, I got to go. Who Who's he going to? Because it doesn't say
0: Who's I mean f- I think he's going to Gareth Bryan. Yeah. yeah. Gareth Bryan can fill him in. It's
1: either Gareth Bryan or Elaine. He's either going to Camlyn or he's going to Gareth Bryan. I think it's Gareth Bryan. I think
0: it's Gareth Bryan. Yeah. But Elvet's lead is like how long should I wait before I tell your people you're not coming back?
1: Uh Slickjack says was it Aleda who spread traveling around the tower or Alviarin? Uh it's it's definitely Aleda in this
0: case. I believe it's Aleda. I believe Katerin she is, it with her. Um
1: literally spreading Aleda's word to her faction, right? The
0: gospel word of Alayda.
1: It would be very weird for Catherine to learn it from Alviarin, but be, like, spreading Alayda's <coughs> messages. Unless
0: Catarin is also a black, right? Because Alviarin learned it from Masana? Yes. So.
1: But Alviarin's not in the White Tower right now.
0: No, but I'm saying Masana could have taught it to Katarin.
1: Or Alviarin isn't the way to No, no, no. No, but, my, then, my, my, but then, my, no, then she my, would my, have had
0: to tell people but she knew it. Aleda so.
1: is these these women are working for Aleda. Yeah. So like I, 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 I don't I think it would be very weird if Alviarin was having Aes Sedai send messages to Aleda's people to not do anything. Like I, I don't when, when we know that Aleda's trying to get Gawain and his younglings killed. Yeah. So like it just it this this plot is all tied up in Elada. I think it would be very weird if it wasn't her.
0: Yeah, I think it would be a bit weird as well.
1: And uh, also, like, how would Catherine hide that she's t- traveling in and out of the tower? Yeah,
0: like, she's going to collect tribute for the tower.
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't know. So
0: I think it has to be There mm-hmm. There is, like, a 1% chance that maybe Masana taught it to her, but I doubt I, I don't, I can't see that.
1: Christian Rapper says, how did everyone in the world know that Egwene was the head of the Rebels except Gawain? That's a great fucking question. Uh, Dolan does, does not get news, apparently. There's yeah. no local paper. Uh, The New York Times does not have a subscription doesn't, service there.
0: Doesn't uh, distribute <laughs> yeah. there, unfortunately. Yeah,
1: the Wi-Fi is actually really terrible at their local Starbucks, so not a lot of information gets in and out, because um, there's a lot of home Wi-Fi networks.
0: Of course. In Dorland. Yeah.
1: Um. um but yeah, Gowan leaves Uh, to go do the right thing. He doesn't take the younglings with him, because they serve the Emerald Seat, which is a big question right now of who that is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because Eguine is fucking... Logicing.
1: We'll we'll get to a brain. We'll get to a mm-hmm. But first we have to get to Gathering Storm Chapter 14. A box opens. Giggity. Uh Soralea and Cat Swain are talking to Semuraj. Uh it's all from Cat Swain's point of view. And we learn that Kat Swain is uh, a terrible fucking person who believes that she is above everybody else, and she has finally found an equal in Sor Leah. Uh which is if any person ever says anything like that just know immediately they're not a good person. Uh, if you think that you're above other people because you're older or because you're, like, good at something, you, you're you a piece of shit. And uh, you should acknowledge that everybody has different values to the world. And just because you're really good at one thing does not mean that you know everything.
0: Today is going to be mostly nerdy ranting about Swain. Just just so you know.
1: Yeah, earned. It's earned. I finally have an equal as I stand above the rest of humanity. Like, fuck off. I, I hate people like that. It's the same people who are like, I'm a doctor, so I'm better than a bricklayer. And I'm like, oh, yeah, doctor, build me a fucking house. We all have different uses to humanity, and we all have different skills and intelligences. And just because you're smart in one way does not mean that you're smarter in every way than everybody else. And, like, people who can't see the value of that, <laughs> <Takuna>. <laughs> it
0: pisses,
1: It just pisses me off. Yeah, yeah. And, I... like, we'll talk about it. She gets her fucking comeuppance, uh, and it goes exactly the way that um, you think it should. Uh, Dakuna says, whereas Nerdy is above other people because he is 6'4". I mean, yes, I'm physically tall, but I hit my head a lot. There are downsides.
0: <laughs> there are downsides.
1: And, like, it's important to acknowledge those things. You know what I mean? It's important to, to acknowledge the value of others. And Katswain Swain doesn't do that, and she pays the price for it here. Mm-hmm. Finally. Um, yeah. If, Michael says, while I didn't uh, always like Katswain's Swain's tactics, I never thought she was a bad person or wasn't doing worthwhile stuff. If you think that you are better than other people you are a bad person, full stop. If you cannot see the value in other people because you think that your skills make you better than them in in like an inherent way, like if you're like, I am the best person at this thing, that's fine, like be confident in your skill. I'm not saying don't be confident in your skill, but I'm saying that if you say I am more valuable as a person than these other people because of my skill, I think that is an inherently bad way of looking at the universe. Mm-hmm. I think that that is what causes you to think that like a barista, because sh- people genuinely believe this shit, right? There are people who think that like, oh, you work at a coffee shop, you should be paid less than it costs you to live. And that is bullshit. Yeah. Because you're that person going into that coffee shop, buying that coffee from that person and hoping that there's a barista who opens the coffee shop that morning. That person needs to be able to afford a fucking house. And so, if you think that because someone has a job that is lesser than yours, or that they're because they're not politically power as powerful as you, that they're not your equal, fuck you. And Cat Swain. Gets The consequences of her action. We're going to talk about it. We'll get there. But like, what happens to Kat Swain at the end of the reading this week is the end goal of being a person who thinks that you're above people and that you can find an equal in another human being because she's just as fucking strong-willed as you are, as if that makes you better than other people. And Kat, we yeah. see Kat Swain's not a good person. She is not empathetic. She's not compassionate. And she suffers the consequences of that rightfully because of her actions.
0: It is very interesting that she seems determined to like teach Rand these like positive emotions like empathy and, and you know, love when she seems to be kind of incapable.
1: She doesn't show them to anybody. Yeah. She's not polite, she's not kind, but she demands manners from everybody else. She yeah. demands kindness and, and she demands respect from everybody else. And she she doesn't <laughs> show anybody that in return. Yeah. Because she is so far up her own ass. And it is so nice to see her humbled in this because people like that exist and they fucking suck. I know because I've catered for them and I see it. And I'm like, oh, you think that because you have money that you're like a better person than I am? And that's not how it works. Yeah. Kindness is the most valuable human trait. It just is.
0: Yeah. No, I, I 100%. I think that like, Cad Swain is an unfortunate, like, like that attitude's just an unfortunate side effect of the tower and what it's become and it's really unfortunate. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, she <clears throat> she sucks. I Next do like it. that
1: Berzerger says, spoken like a true Canadian. <laughs> Look. Hey. There's value in kindness. There's value in treating people well. Yeah. There's value in like just giving people a nice smile and asking how their day is, you know? Yeah. There, there just is. You, being kind to people makes everybody's day better. Mm-hmm. There's no value in being a dick. There just isn't. No. And 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 anyone who convinces you that there is is trying to take advantage of you or trying to teach you to take advantage of other people. Mm-hmm. And anyone whose like life goal is to make money by taking advantage of other people isn't a great person. I'm sorry. Yeah. If you're doing crypto pump and dumps, you're probably not a good person, right? You're just not. <laughs> your inherent your business model is taking advantage of other people. Yeah. And that's what Kat Swain is. Kat Swain is a crypto bro who just doesn't realize it.
0: I hope that like um, be- uh, we'll get to obviously what happens later. But I hope that Soralea uh can help uh Kat Swain uh become a better person, <laughs> and that Soralea is like, oh no, wait, like you're maybe not the the best equipped to try and teach Rand um empathy.
1: Uh... <laughs> um. So Soralea and Kat Swain are chatting. Um, and, uh, uh, we find out that the Aiel want to, Aiel questions Zemiraj, which I can't imagine doesn't involve, um, physical beatings, uh, but Rand is like, don't hurt her, um, and we get into, like, the first time in this week's reading where the idea of what hurting someone is (laughs) becomes really blurred because, uh, Cad Swain, oh, is that in this chapter? I don't think that happens in this Uh, chapter. No, this is the one where um, Sora Leah makes a comment about how she's, like, disappointed. Uh, She thought that Samuraj would be more. And Ketsuane sees mm. that Samuraj is, like, like, humiliated by that comment.
0: Yeah, Samuraj is like... Yeah. And then it's fine.
1: Uh, And so Ketsuane is like, you know what? She almost broke uh, Samuraj there with a a very weak comment that, like, even I would be like, sure, whatever. You fucking, like, Neanderthal. Like, (laughs) Yeah, I, if someone was like, I thought you'd be more, I'd be like, I don't know who the fuck you are. <laughs> why why do I care?
0: Yeah, but uh, you know, Semuraj has this image of herself and uh gives Cat Swain an idea. Semurage um,
1: is so Semaraj is so vain that she's broken instantly. And it's kind so of hilarious.
0: Broken. She just lets it show on her face that it's something that affects her and then they exploit that.
1: She, she one spanking breaks her. We'll get to this spanky, but it's one, it's one time. It's not like a week of it. Like a single time she, she has to eat off the floor and she's like immediately shattered. Yeah,
0: she gets embarrassed once.
1: She's so vain. <laughs> um, but uh Kat Swain takes Soralia to go see the uh male Adam, uh that we will later learn is a domination band. Um which uh it's kinky. It's kinky, uh, but uh, like not it. not in a good way. Don't uh, like it. And uh, Swain has it in a box that has very special wards on it. Yep, it's super unbreakable. No one's gonna get into those. Don't worry about yeah. it.
0: Yeah, No one's ever gonna see it. No ever. one's gonna
1: find it. Um. Uh. And um. Uh, Sorlia and Katwein are like, all right, let's work together to help Brand, even though that's what they were already doing. I I found the like agreement. They're it's like very similar. Now to... we're gonna start working together. And I'm like, isn't that what you guys been doing? The I, whole time? I
0: thought they were already doing that. But
1: but I guess now it's official because Kat Swain showed a little bit of faith in Soralea.
0: I guess a little bit, yeah, yeah, because
1: they're equals or some shit. Um, <clears throat> so uh, Rand goes to sleep. Rand goes to sleep and he's like, "Oh fuck, I'm back in my uh, season one of Wheel of Time. I'm in a cabin.
0: A, I've seen this place. Isha
1: Is No, it's no, I, I'm Moradin now. It's like." You keep calling me Luce Theron, but you want me to call you Moradin? Why do you get to change your name? I have a different body, too. Call me fucking Randall Thor. Like, Moradin is playing these rules so fucking weird. He's like, no, I'm Moradin Luce Theron. And I'm like, yeah, and I'm Rand.
0: He's also mad.
1: Morden? yeah. Oh, yeah, he's fucking crazy. He's fucked up. And uh, Rand <laughs> is like, oh, you're the fucker from um, my fight with Sam Isle. What's yeah. up, dude? Let's Moradin have a...
0: is the person who saved Rand. Let's Very have a little weird. chat. I like this scene a lot. Oh, the scene was great. I, I don't... I, I'm assuming Moradin kept Rand alive so that he could kill him. Moradin
1: believes that he has to fight Rand at the last battle. <coughs> you okay? Yep. You weren't coughing and then you had a Ricola and now you're coughing.
0: Yeah, I don't know. There's Do, a the menthol
1: all... dries you out, right?
0: No, it helps.
1: No, it dries. It helps. It, 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 it gets rid of mucus. So when you take the menthol, it dries.
0: It helps. You should have taken the honey ones yeah oh well
1: too late now um <clears throat> uh this seems great I, I really like I like Matt and Morden Rand Matt Rand and Morden finally like meeting yeah. um and talking about this connection between the two of them obviously that connection is very important at the end of this reading uh but I, I thought it was just a really well written scene of setting up Mordan's point of view and, and setting up Mordan's like goal with Rand and why they're not attacking Rand directly. Um, mm-hmm. It also is this This scene made it more clear than ever that Morden did not send the Trollocs to attack that manor in uh, tier. Mm-hmm. Like, I, that had to be one of the other Forsaken. There's no way that Morden sent 100,000 Trollocs knowing that that would work, right? Yeah. Um, and so I'm really, this scene honestly made me more curious. Rather than curious about Rand, I came out of this interaction with Morden being like, oh, I need to know what's going on between the Forsaken. Like I'm almost more interested in that plot right now than I am in what our main characters are up to because they, they have to be fucking pissed with each other, and I wish we got more scenes with them because I want like Morden trying to figure out which Forsaken tried to kill Rand because obviously he's pissed at Samiraj right, but I don't think Samiraj sent the trollocs.
0: I don't think so either. He she was doing Sanchean stuff.
1: She was doing Sanchean stuff. Yeah. And so I'm like, because they all everyone seems pretty convinced Samael's dead. Right? And if Samael... Even if Samael was, like, part of Mashadar, Mashadar's gone now. Yeah. So, who sent those Trollocs if it wasn't Morden, That's a big question. And...
0: Demandrant?
1: I don't think so. Right? I don't think Demandred is going to act against Rand unless he can do it in a way that's going to make him the Niblis. And I don't <laughs> think that... I don't think he's there yet. I think that he has to weaken Morden before he can be the nipples.
0: I think that Demandred's goals, hierarchically or whatever you want to call it, are kill Luce and then become the nipples. But if
1: he's going to kill Luce he wants it to be, like, at his hand. He does not want it to be a bunch of of Trollocs. Even if he sent them, like, I think that he wants to do it literally, like, physically himself. Yeah. Um, uh, Sandan Glockta says maybe a peddler. The thing about Padden Fane that I'm so curious about is what power does he have now that Mashadar's gone?
0: What, yeah, what is his power? What is his influence? How is he able to where is he like manipulate people? Is because we haven't seen him
1: since Abu Dar, right?
0: Does he have access to a hundred thousand Trollocs?
1: I don't know because it seems like Morden is raising an army in the Blight, like we know that, right? When, um, uh, when Grindel goes there, mm-hmm. he's he's breeding an army right now, right? He's he's being full on Saruman, and he's breeding an army under his tower by like raising the Urukai and putting his little white hands on them. Um, <laughs> so I, I I don't know. I just I'm so curious right now. The 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 like backstory. Honestly, I wish that we got more of what the Forsaken were doing because it seems like they have a more interesting plotline going on than some of our main characters do.
0: Yeah, we also get, like, this is something that has kind of been hinted at, that we kind of already know. Mm-hmm. But it is explicitly said that um, Martin believes that, like, this is the final, like, turning of the wheel. That... No, he doesn't. Yeah, yeah.
1: No, in in this, he's like, it doesn't matter if we win this end. time or next time. Eventually we will win, so why are you fighting?
0: He does say that, but he thinks that this is it.
1: Yeah, he, he, he yeah. He
0: thinks that this is it. This is going to be the be all and all, like no returns, going all out. Um, I think it's last more that battle.
1: he wants it to be, but I think he acknowledges, even he acknowledges that like if it isn't, there will be another one.
0: Sure, I just, I just mean like it really emphasizes the stakes of this for Rand. Mm-hmm. You lose again if sorry, even if you win partially this time. We'll just get you next time, right? He has to win for good, forever.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And that's 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 rough, buddy. I don't know how you're gonna figure that one out. Like, <laughs> I oof. that sucks.
1: Well, he wants to. Uh, he wants to kill the Dark One. We also um we also get confirmation from Moradin, uh, because he, we, he is a Shamayil. Um, but uh, we do get confirmation that the only way to actually kill a Forsaken is Balefire. I don't know if that applies to everybody who dies. Like, I don't... It seems like we've only seen Forsaken brought back so far. Um, as far as I can remember. So... I think the
0: Dark One will only bring back, like, Forsaken. But I
1: wonder if it's that he can only bring back people who are tied to him.
0: No, because he says he can bring back Eliana. He says that. Fair.
1: He says that. You know what I mean? But then why not do it to fuck with him, right? If you can do it, why not do it?
0: Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. This whole dream sequence, though, is very strange because Morden is like, Why are you here? Yeah. We we know that Rand's dreams are usually safe. So, what happened with this one?
1: But it's not Rand's dream. Morden says, Why are you in my dream?
0: (coughs) Yeah, that's that's, why.
1: Why did you come to me? That's what I
0: mean. Like, Rand seems to have, like, subconsciously gone here, or maybe Lusterin.
1: I don't know. I think that it is just that their connection is so strong and it is getting stronger so they're being pulled together more. Mm. I have a feeling this is going to keep happening and I think that this is going to not... I don't... I think that these scenes are going to happen throughout the show. I think these conversations between Rand and Luce there or Rand and Morden are going to continue... I, I think the show will never stop them. The Maybe for one season they will.
0: The book or no, the, the show? Because
1: uh. the show... We've already established that Rand and Ishamayul are connected in the show. Um, and we've already had ahamma' show up to Rand in a variety of places. And so I think that the show will just keep doing this as a narrative device to help tell the story of the Forsaken and Rand and, and their connection in the past. And I think that what I think what the show will do is use these scenes to show Luc Theron and his uh, influence on Rand in an easier way because because the show does it, or the books do it so much through internal monologue that you can't do. I think having these scenes between Rand, Luce Theron, and Ishamael slash Morden, um, will be an easier way for the show to visualize and televisionize the concept of Rand's madness. Um, it gives you someone that Rand can talk to who understands what he's going through, who is an antagonist, and build up the threat of the antagonist by having them have a relationship. Yeah. Um, and a, a lot of a lot of series kind of have something like it right like even harry potter and voldemort have a connection where they can see each other and talk to each other uh, in a way right um it's a good way to build up your villain in a series where you don't want to spend too much pov time in their world um is by having them have an ability to communicate with your main character and build a relationship with your main character so that when they do fight it matters more
0: stakes yeah
1: (laughs) and so i do i i do think that um I do think that this will happen a lot more on the show than it does in the early books.
0: Fair. I yeah, I can totally see that happening.
1: Um, we uh Rand wakes up, uh well he doesn't. He he thrashes around uh, in Min's arms, and Min is concerned, uh, and she's reading. Uh and uh Rand wakes up and is like, Luce Theron wasn't there with me in my dream with Ishamael," and she's like, the fuck.
0: I'm sorry. Come again?
1: I'm sorry. You need to back all the way up. You uh, you went and talked to the Forsaken in your dreams, and the 3,000-year-old dead uh, Theron Telmon wasn't there, and that's concerning? It's weird that Luz Theron wasn't with you? Cool, 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 cool. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, So uh, this is where we need to start to instill the therapy, Aja. Because, like, poor Min is not equipped to deal with this at all. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, so, Pink Aja, when is that happening, please?
1: Uh, I also love that Randa's also like, also like, sometimes when I grab the one power, um, Theron uh, tries to take it. And we fight over it. And she's like, oh, fuck. Ah,
0: okay. (laughs) That's not concerning at all. I'm not concerned. Are you concerned? No. Mm -hmm. No, no. We're not concerned. Yeah. Yeah. It's scary. She also is like, hey, I'm reading these books... I I think I'm starting to maybe understand, like, where this is going. So, um, I'm going to keep looking. I'm going to keep looking. But
1: she tells him the important thing, which is you got to destroy the seals on the Dark Ones prison. And he's like, cool, when and where? And she's like, oh, I don't know about that.
0: I'll keep looking. just got to break them. Yeah. Where are they? I don't remember. We
1: we haven't talked about the locations of them in so long. Rand has all of them that are left, right? I think he does. Mm. There's none in the White Tower. It has been so long since one of them was in a room with one of our characters that I actually don't. I think there's. I think there's three left, and I think Rand has all of them somewhere.
0: I know he has a few. I mean, yeah, maybe Rand does have all of them. But does he? A bunch he? of them are broken.
1: I think there's three, and I think that he has all of them. But I don't. I like legitimately. I think the Aiel have one of them. I think like Ruark is, ha- I-, I think that like all three of them are with pe- with Rand's people and his people guarding three of them. Yeah. But like, I could be wrong. He knows like, where they are. Honestly, it's been, it has been so long since they were discussed. Yeah. It's, it's tough I to don't, remember.
0: I don't, remember. Sorry. Yeah. Um.
1: Embran says he used to keep them with the Choden Call. I thought he only kept one with the Choden Call.
0: All of them? No, because they're too fragile. He didn't want them to get broken. They had to be like put away.
1: No, but he had one when when, when the Choden call when the like um when the keystones were in that like wall in his place near Ruidian, there was a, a seal of the dark one in there with them. Remember he had the like ward that he had to open? Um But yeah, I don't know. I don't know where they are anymore. But yeah, he's Min Min's convinced he's gotta break them. And uh then later on Lucerin is like, yeah, 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 she's right. You gotta you gotta do that. And he's like, oh okay, cool. Like when? Where? When's... Like today?
0: Right now? Should, maybe not should right I be now. doing
1: that immediately? Like am I should I do that at the last battle? Like wh- should... are we? what are we talking about here?
0: Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe we gather before we
1: but anyway, break them. Uh Min's concern uh translates into uh, I'm gonna fuck Rand now. And we know that because we cut over to avienda who is muting her bond because she doesn't want to feel rand having sex that she's not a part of
0: <laughs> i get it i
1: just love that rand is like yeah so they loose there Lu-Seren's in my head all the time and like it's pretty crazy i just went and spoke to the forsaken and Minda's like now is a good time for us to have sex
0: yeah 100 percent.
1: now is a good time for yeah. us to bone down because who knows how many more times we have like exactly you know
0: you got to take advantage yeah. of all the time that you have
1: and like, I don't think Rand's getting any more sleep that night. After having a dream with a forsaken, I just don't think you're immediately going back to bed. You're pretty, you're up at that point. Lots of adrenaline.
0: Yeah. So like,
1: you know, it's a good, it's a good time. It's a good time to bone down. Yeah. Um. I did, I did appreciate Avienda being like, oh, fuck, they're having sex right now. Gotta turn that off. Yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah, Uh, Avienda is doing, um, she's, she's lighting a candle and then blowing it out and then going and getting a, I'm like,
0: fuck. She's doing dumb shit because they told her to do some dumb, useless shit.
1: I'm more and more convinced that it is just, like, the lesson of not just accepting punishment. Like, I, I, I'm I, worried that it's going to be like, don't you know the ideal way of, like, you have to accept your toe for it to be your toe? And that she's kind of learning the same lesson Egwene is learning in the White Tower. but
0: But that's not necessarily true because we know that you can have toe towards someone and not know it.
1: I, I don't know. I, I don't. I what, I what The book needs to explain to me what this is because I don't get it oh, right now.
0: I'm a little lost with it. Yeah. yeah. James, James Smith. Thank you for
1: that super chat. Thank you. Uh, stopping in from work. Obligatory. Swain is the best. She's not. Uh, fingers crossed for you, Clarice.
0: Thank you. Appreciate uh, it. Have a
1: great weekend. Mods, you are awesome. Thank you, Blue, for a second reaction.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, was oh, no, Blue? that Blue? No, wasn't, was, that was Dirt Burb.
1: Dirt Burb. That it, was everyone, Dirt Burb. Everyone needs to thank Dirt Burb.
0: Yeah. Blue
1: didn't do shit. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah, this was other people in the community as well. We actually have several reactions for this book because y'all are fucking mad lads. Mm-hmm. And you came together. And so there's going to be Yeah, reacting to 39, five. 40, and 41. Yeah, we did yeah. two reactions. There are three chapter reactions uh, still to go. So Yeah. Yeah,
1: five chapters in this book we're reacting to because y'all are bonkers. crazy. Yeah. We appreciate it because we have to pay for the roleplay relay.
0: True. You know what? That's exactly where that money is going.
1: <laughs> Every dime we make for the next three months is to pay for the roleplay relay. Uh, so, um, yeah. Uh, the, the the Wise Ones and Avienda talk about the... Um, they, they, they went to see the Sanchen. And uh, the Sanchen flouted the Wise Ones that they have uh, in Adam Collars right now. And the blood feud that the wise ones think, the, the Rand's wise ones, God, it's complicated, but that Rand's wise ones think is necessary because of this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, fuck. Yes.
0: Yeah. Uh, James Smith, thank you again for another Super Chat. What the heck? Uh, James it's Smith. It's not his birthday Thank you for that
1: Super Chat. My bad. Screw you, Blue. Thank you, everyone else. Uh, this this is this is the toughest, I, and I think that, like, I love Avianda's response here, where she's like, no, we still have to go for peace. We... We can't fight them and sight blinder at the same time. and
0: She even says how hard it is for her to say that.
1: Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah.
0: Like, I, I, and I, that's why, like, Avienda is one of my favorite characters. Mm-hmm. Because it's, it, she's never selfish. Mm-hmm. I don't think she's ever had a moment of, like, selfishness. Other than <coughs> maybe, like, wanting to stay as a spear maiden as opposed to becoming a wise one. But even that is, like... Is so, that's that's just such a big change that I think anyone would be a little uncomfortable with it, but
1: well, she's always she's regretful of her duty, but she always does her duty. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like she was regretful to leave Elaine, and she was regretful to leave the maidens, but she always goes through with it. Yeah, and and, and that's where I that and maybe like that's the lesson the wise ones are trying to teach her is that she's too loyal, but like I don't I don't get that lesson. No,
0: I don't like, think that's it
1: that uh, like that she maybe that she has to stand up to people more
0: but like yeah. that doesn't
1: really make sense like avienda seems to have great insight and also know when to be a part of the whole
0: yeah she has this incredible clarity mm-hmm. of understanding how she feels and why she feels that and why others around her might be feeling the same thing and still removing the emotions from her her like assessment of a yeah. situation
1: It's it's making me want more Avienda because I think that her perspective is so wonderful. Like, and and, and in this whole book, I, as much as I find the like plot line of her doing menial labor to learn a lesson a little bit, it's just not my favorite. Her perspective on it and her character is so strong. Like, I'm so excited for what Ayula Smart brings to this woman And like what she's going to be like in live action, because I think that Avienda is one of the characters that has the most potential to really like break out of the mold of the fantasy series and bring something like legitimately new to the conversation. And so I'm uh, so many people praised um, Iola Smart for her part in the Cocaine Bear movie. We haven't seen it yet, but apparently she's wonderful in that. And I'm I'm so excited for what she's going to bring as that character because Avienda has so many rich layers. And I think that Brandon Sanderson. Whatever he added to these chapters and Robert Jordan's um, notes, I, I think that like in Gathering Storm, she's been I, And partially I think is that she's not under the the cloud of Elaine anymore mm-hmm. Right, and I think that because Avienda was supporting Elaine and Elaine's story for so many books We kind of lost a little bit of a, a Avienda in that it was always Avienda from Elaine's perspective and so now that she's kind of away for Elaine for a minute, and we're getting Avienda's perspective on her storyline again, I think we're getting back to a character that I think is just so unbelievably rich. Yeah. And I missed that in the slog because so much of her characterization in the slog was Elaine's view of her.
0: Yeah, I totally. I think that's fair. And we didn't get a lot of her perspective. No, in you're right, and uh, it is interesting to see. Like, and because I was, I was like, yeah, Avienda loved her, and then in the slog, in the middle there, she was kind of like. Not really a standout for me, but I think you're right. I think she was just there supporting Elaine most of the time, mm-hmm. and and Elaine was the one who was shining. So it's really, uh, it's really nice to see Avienda um, having her own moments here. And I, I hope that whatever this whole lesson punishment thing is, I hope that I like it and then it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, because right now I am a little bit lost. Like I feel like I'm Avienda. I'm like I don't, I don't, I don't fucking understand this. Yeah. Like why?
1: Especially when her answers to the questions are so good. Yeah. It seems like she's crushing it. Yeah. And everybody always agrees with her. And like, I I just don't know what's going on. I don't know what yeah. they want her to learn. Yeah. And and not being ahead of it is, is fun because like I'm with her, but I'm with her in confusion, which just isn't always my favorite, like over multiple chapters to just continuously be confused by the same thing.
0: Yeah. I don't mind <clears> being <throat> in the confusion of the character's shoes um a lot of the time it's if it if it goes on too long i think it will start to be grading
1: yeah
0: Mm -hmm. um like that there's only so much that i can take when i just kind of i get annoyed at it um also y'all are fucking terrible just shit talking blue in the chat look at what you started
1: this i think is blue isn't here today (laughs) i know and so i blue's gonna watch this back later and be like wait what happened
0: blue we love you blue knows blue knows Yeah, yeah yeah no it's just very funny
1: um, we get into chapter 16 of uh the Gathering Storm in the White Tower. Uh this is a big one, y'all. <clears throat> this is a big one. Egwene starts her time in the White Tower this week, uh, chilling with some whites. She's deshelling some walnuts for them. She's like, God, they really called me in here just to deshell these walnuts. And after 30 minutes, they're like, Alright, girl. What do you think we should do? We have
0: a logic puzzle for you. It's not a puzzle. Spoiler the, alert.
1: The Ice and I are the least fucking subtle people in the world. Like, they all think they're so goddamn smart, and I not know. a one of them can come up with an ounce of subtlety.
0: I know. It's fantastic. I love it.
1: Ch- Chemicology, uh, thank you for that super chat. Thank you so
0: much for the super chat. Uh, Matt
1: was underestimated. He takes out Gawain immediately. So basically, it was him and Galad. Plus, they were just starting their in their training. Galad and Gawain were raised from the fucking womb to be sword masters I, of the realm of Andor. They did not just start their training at 18. Th- those boys had swords in their hands at three years old.
0: No. You like, are
1: right in some ways, but like I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to push back on starting their training.
0: At the training thing, I definitely, I, I don't think I agree with you completely on that, but I I think that that is a fair point, that Matt just kind of like is like, boom, right, and takes out Gawain so that he can just p- put the fight on his own terms. I think that's totally fair. It's just very funny he was able to do that while half dead. Yes.
1: And also, Garwin was trained by Gareth motherfucking Brian as a child, okay? It's
0: gotta count for something. Put
1: some respect on Gareth Brian's motherfucking name.
0: I think. He I'm, did not go yeah. to the
1: White Tower, some green novice who didn't know the pointy end from the handle. He was trained by a man who wooed Sawan without trying. Sawan Sancha, the Amarulian fell in love with that man accidentally. Do you know how much of a man you have to be to woo Sawan Sancha accidentally? Not intentionally? That's a fucking man, okay? Gawain was not some fucking green-in-the-gills little bitch that... Lost his first fight. Matt stepped in that ring with a, a seasoned pro and he still won. It's impressive.
0: Yeah, uh, just, it is. It is very impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we're in the white Gregory tower. Gregory Love says
1: put some respect on Abel Cawthon, something Rafe Judkins did not do. Uh we're in the White Tower.
0: And uh oh man. Uh, I, joke,
1: Rafe, that was a joke.
0: That for that was comedy.
1: Kind of. I don't like what you did with Abel Cawthon, I'm sorry. Um,
0: I, I think that's pretty (laughs) universal. Yeah. 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 I would love to pick his brain about that. Anyways. Oh,
1: hey mom, we're doing book club right now. That's all right. All right. I love you too. I'll call you later. Nerdy's mom says hi, everybody. (laughs) All right. Bye. Uh, I missed a call from her yesterday, too, so I had to,
0: like, oh, tell her that I wasn't just ignoring just her. Just so, that she, yeah, yeah, So, yeah. Egwene and yeah. the
1: Whites are talking, and the Whites are like, yo, what should we do? And Egwene is like, I am the motherfucking Amarylline Seat. And they're like, oh, fuck yeah, you are. God damn it.
0: Yeah, she logics them into it. Uh, Colonel Sanders, thank you for that super duper chat. Uh,
1: the Matt, Gawain, Galad, I don't know who Gowen and Egwene are, but uh, the Matt, Galad, and Gawain fight was more about hubris, arrogance, versus skill. Your, <laughs> your, you I, I think that you're autocorrect.
0: You're just created you. a
1: bunch of new G names for the Wheel of Time. Yeah, because there um, aren't enough.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that was that was S tier. Thank you for that.
1: Sand says Blue called Nerdy's mom for backup. Oh, pfft. my mom would support Blue. My mom would yeah. definitely. My mom would support all of you.
0: Yeah, you want Trish on your sh- on your side for sure. Yeah, yeah, you do. You do. Uh, <laughs> uh,
1: so uh, yeah, so Egwene is uh b- basically uses her technique of being like. Y'all can tell that the late is fucked up, right? And the whites are like, oh, your logic is pristine. And I'm like, what What? What are you talking? It-
0: Here's the thing. They all are thinking it, but they can't be the ones to say it first in front of other people. They have to have somebody else bring it up so that they can gauge other people's response to it and and go from there. Right. You can't be the one person who speaks out against the Amarillo seat.
1: I don't even think it's that. I think it is the, like, the 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 very wrong in, like, this is a metaphor that is not true. I want to be clear because everyone thinks it's true, and it isn't, which is that if you put a frog in water as it boils, it doesn't notice that it's getting hotter. That is just not a fact. Uh, it's just not true. But the concept of it as a metaphor does actually apply to emotional situations in a way that it doesn't apply to boiling something alive. Um... <laughs> Sorry, it's just it's one of those things that like we that is one it's one of those things people say that I'm like, nope, <laughs> not a fact. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, it, I think that they just like it. Things got bad so gradually that yeah. they just I, I feel like. Hi, oh, Wayne...
0: mom's in the chat. Hi, oh, Josh. hey, mom. Happy May the Fourth, Revenge of the Fifth.
1: Tom Jones, thank you for uh, the love for my mom. Welcome back uh, to the nerd
0: table. Appreciate that. Thanks for that. joining the
1: NARGs. And Katharach, uh, thank you for joining the NARGs as well. Matt versus Godwin Glad also showcases how 99% of all authors don't understand how one versus two fights work. Facts.
0: Well, well yeah. Yeah.
1: But uh, the Wheel of Time also doesn't understand how six versus one fights work. So.
0: Don't worry about it. It's cool. Shut up. It's cool. <laughs> I like it.
1: Uh, Albino says, I gotta ask, why do you have such an expertise on boiling frogs? Uh, I have an expertise on things I can be pedantic about. (laughs) Things I can get Things that I can be technically correct about, which is the best kind of correct. Yeah.
0: Um. No, no, I I see it. I see it now. I see it. Oh, God.
1: Because I'm an asshole. Uh, so, Egwene leaves the whites after convincing them of (laughs) her shit. Um. And, uh okay, before we get, before Chad starts saying I boil frogs, I've never touched a, I don't think I've touched a frog in my life. I've never eaten a frog. I, like. I've never
0: I, touched a frog? I don't think I have. I had little frog pets.
1: You had frogs.
0: Well, really I had frogs.
1: <laughs> and so they were yours?
0: Basically. That's how best friends work. Yeah, but also, like, I we went camping one time and there were little froggies. And we hung out with them.
1: Yeah, I nice, I nice yeah I'm not a, I've I've never like had frogs I've never interacted with frogs, no, I've heard. seen them like at the zoo from behind glass but I've never Do like touched a frog.
0: I'm fine. I've
1: never eaten frog. I've heard frog legs are good. Never but. eaten it, no. Uh, no. says I guess Nerdy isn't French Canadian. No, trust me, if I was French Canadian, I would talk about it all the time.
0: You'd be even you more of know. a dick.
1: You would know. And I would have uh, a much worse accent.
0: For legal reasons, that's a joke.
1: For legal reasons, sorry, Matt. Oh my god. Um so God damn it. Uh so she leaves those whites after convincing them that she's right because of course she is. is the fucking worst. Yeah. Um her
0: logic is sound. I may
1: not like Kat Swain, but Alita is the worst. Uh
0: yes, truly the worst.
1: Uh and uh, she goes uh to the ladies who have her fork root, which is Katarin. The same Katerin from earlier, so it has to be Alaida, because yes. Alaida would know if Katerin was leaving the tower. Yes. Uh, Katerin gives her an extra spicy dose of fork root, uh and says, "Tonight,
0: extra spicy.
1: Tonight, you're serving Alaida again, because she thinks.
0: Oh no, no, she's like, you're gonna
1: do nothing but chores.
0: Yeah, they are that's like, that's gonna break you. We've totally changed your your uh um education plan. You're not gonna be educated, actually." It's like Florida right now. And like, honestly, um,
1: I was reading this and I was like, finally, the Aes try are trying. Because I complained about the spanking. Because I was like, why are you just doing one thing? Yeah. It's so ridiculous.
0: Yeah.
1: And now they're like, oh, we're going to try it. This is clearly not working after months. We've been spanking you for at least two months. It's not working. Let's try something else now. And I'm like, it took you months to try a second form of punishment? What the is and wrong Lata's with you really
0: busy building her palace
1: i know but Sylviana is because uh, because uh, uh, gwen keeps praising Sylviana, and i'm like or Sylviana or whatever the fuck her name is the, the mistress of novices Silvianus.
0: Sylv- 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 she's
1: terrible at her job because if she's going to be good at her job she should know to try different shit instead of just doing the same fucking thing over and over and over and over and over and over and over, and over again and yeah. expecting a different result and not getting one
0: yeah
1: and like finally, they're like, "All right, no more classes. You're going to do chores all the time." And I, I look as much as I hate them, and I, I they're wrong. They're bad people. I was like, at least they finally, finally came to the conclusion that maybe they should try something else.
0: It takes the eye to die forever to make come to any decisions, like the American government. Um, I mean, they fight about it for a while, goes back and forth, and then they actually maybe do something about it in a few years.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's that's fair. That's <laughs> and fair. So,
0: you know, this was actually very quick in terms of decision making. Um, yeah, the
1: American government is a giant bureaucracy with 150 million employees I'm just <laughs> or like 100 million employees.
0: Being funny, just laugh at my jokes, please.
1: I see. I can't tell that they're jokes today because you have no tone. Everything is delivered at the same level. Sorry,
0: sorry. I mean, it's not <laughs> that much of a joke. Like, really, let's be honest. Um. Yeah, I also think that, you know, like, Suleyana doesn't really want to try much else because, like, I think she kind of likes Egwene. <laughs> like, I think I think she does not really like Lada. She's just making the best out of the situation. And... Which I would
1: argue makes her not great at her job. And a, a, yeah. a Egwene is praising her for doing her duty. But her duty in this instance is to break Egwene. And she's not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> she's just spanking Egwene repeatedly. Yes. Right?
0: Repeatedly. <laughs>
1: Uh, Daisy, thank Desi, you. Welcome uh, back to woo, the nerd table. A kilometer stone?
0: <laughs> Wait, what?
1: Oh, instead of a milestone, because it's twelve months, a kilometer stone. <coughs> That's funny.
0: I hate it.
1: That's funny. Um.
0: <clears throat> oh my god, thank you for that. Welcome back to the nerd table.
1: But yeah, so uh, she she does go scrub some pots in the kitchens.
0: As she cleans out the fireplace. The
1: fireplace. Yes. And, uh,
0: um, and what's her face? Lars. Lars comes over and is like, I'm going to get you out of here. And like shoves her in a closet.
1: I did not know Lars was the Han Solo of the fucking White Tower.
0: Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. She's
1: like, look, I have this secret compartment in my kitchen. I was like, are we in the fucking Millennium? Are we sneaking onto the Death Star? What is happening? Laris can get anybody in and out of the White Tower. You need some, you need drugs. Laris, the kitchen person. Like, she is literally like, I got people. I'm going to sneak out of here, kid. I
0: was
1: like, is Laris going to be one of the characters in the next Ocean's Eleven movie? Like, fuck.
0: Yeah, no, she's great. And then Egwene is like, "No, I can't leave. I have too much shit to do." And Lars is like, "You're a fucking idiot." And Egwene is like, "It's fine. I got this."
1: Yeah, maybe. This. Yeah, maybe. The problem <laughs> is that Egwene is gonna get control of the White Tower, and Laris's smuggling is done for. She revealed all of her secrets. Maybe not all of them, but she revealed a big enough one.
0: True. Yeah. That, that's that's. This true. is the end of Lars's smuggling. Hopefully, Lars and and Egwene stay on the same side.
1: Yeah, and I think they will. I think I think Egwene. As much as I think she's gonna be a bad Amerlin for what Rand's cause is and I think that she's gonna piss me off, I think she's gonna be a good Amerlin for the White Tower. Yeah, yeah. If she's Amerlyn.
0: We'll see. I haven't really
1: thought about that. Do you think she do you think she ever actually becomes like the full Amerlyn?
0: I think so, but I think that it's gonna mean something different.
1: Do you think she's the Amberlyn at the end of the series?
0: I don't think the White Tower exists at the end of the series.
1: Interesting. I
0: honestly, genuinely don't think that it does.
1: I hadn't thought about that. I I kind of assumed it would.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No, I think that that it's too far gone. And that they're about to lose so... They're going to lose so much in the last battle. No matter what happens, Mm -hmm. they're going to lose so much. They will have to create some kind of society from scratch. Like, it's not society. I mean... Not club. You know what I mean. Yeah, because like, I, I guess structure. The, the
1: men and the women are going to have to re-blend, right? So the the I whatever amberlin or, like, whatever leadership, it's going to have to be a mix of men and women.
0: Unless nobody can channel after this.
1: That would be interesting.
0: It, like, removes magic from the world and the no, wheel turns I, I and, like, like it's that, our age.
1: I feel like that implies that the wheel stops. Really? Yeah, I don't think, I think channeling comes from the wheel. And so I think that if nobody can channel, then it means that they've broken the wheel somehow. But I think that there's a way to break the wheel without the devil becoming in charge. And maybe that is the end of the series, right? Is that the devil, the wheel does break. And that the age, the next age is the age of freedom or age of whatever. The age of free will. No more prophecy bullshit. Uh,
0: Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. But, yeah, I don't think that the White Tower exists in the same way uh, at the end of all of this. I don't think it can.
1: After uh, scrub-a-dub-dubbing, getting a shit ton of soot under her fingernails, Katerin comes back and is like, I know you haven't even done... Because the threat is that they're going to make her do chores 15 hours a day. Yeah. Three five-hour shifts. Yeah. Which I was like, the f- what the... F- like, you're going to kill the girl.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because she's she needs sleep. She's going to, what, eat, like, have three 20-minute meals a day and work 15 hours a day, seven days a week, and you think she's, and, and like, all manual labor, and you think she's going to be okay? She's not.
0: She's not, not going to be okay. Spoiler alert.
1: But don't worry. This barely lasts. She doesn't even, she doesn't she does even finish three hours. one shift. She
0: does three hours.
1: <laughs> because uh Alita's like, I'm sure she's already been broken because she did three hours. I would have waited a week. Nah, you know what
0: I mean? Aleda's such a cocky motherfucker.
1: Alita's like, I'm sure three hours of kitchen work broke Egwene because i i think that elada just hasn't done her own labor in so long that she doesn't realize that like yeah it's hard it's not that hard yeah you know what i mean like 3 hours in a kitchen it's not my favorite job that i've ever had but like i've done I it i mean
0: i don't know 3 hours of breathing in like chimney soot Ooh.
1: oh it sucks yeah but like you're not de- you're not done in one 3 hour shift no if I can survive Christmas at Becco, a Gwayne can survive one three hour shift.
0: Leda's just cocky as fuck. I, I,
1: I, 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 I once worked a, uh, a serving shift at Becco. I worked 16 and a half hours and I had one 20 minute break in the middle of it. That's illegal. It was, it was insane. It's illegal. We served like 2,400 people in one day. It was, it was the Saturday before Christmas Eve, and it was the craziest waitering day I've had in my entire life. Ugh. I think I did like 14 turns, full turns in a row with one 20-minute break to eat food in the middle of it, I drank, I think, 17 pots of coffee. And Probably. I literally, like, there was a point in the day where I was like, I think I've had to pee for four hours. I think it's time I should, like, fit that Probably.
0: in. Probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. She
1: can handle three hours. She'll be okay.
0: Yeah, she, and she is. She's fine. And
1: she's fine because it's been three fucking hours.
0: Yeah, she goes, she gets cleaned up. She goes to wait on the... She gets to take a
1: nice long bath.
0: Well, and she's like, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to do the same thing that I did last time. I'm just going to be quiet. Whatever, not like make, yeah, sure. make noise, you know, just kind of like get through it. But what she doesn't anticipate is all the sitters mm-hmm. being there. Um, wait, uh, sitters wait, that. Wait, wait,
1: sorry. We'll get into that. High yeah. Pepper guy says Mother's Day is the busiest restaurant day in the US. Look,
0: <laughs> don't talk about Mother's Day. You, you. Fuck
1: Mother's Day. Fuck Mom... I love my mom so much, but fuck Mother's Day. Mother's Day is the worst. <clears throat> if, if you ever get into. restaurant industry. And I do recommend it. The money's great. I love, I love waitering. I think it's a great job. You get to be a part of some of people's best experiences. I got to, I've I've gotten to help people get engaged. I got to reunite. A guy came into my restaurant and I got to host a private room for him. And he met his mom for the first time at like 45, his biological mother. Like wait, waitering gave me some of the best experiences of my entire life. And I'm very proud of the work that I did in the restaurant field, but mother's day can die in a, dark, dark hole, because it's the worst, because kids do not fucking care about Mother's Day, but moms care so much, and any little thing goes wrong, and everybody's ruining Mother's Day, and they're so entitled, and like the worst Mother's Day ever happened in 2015. uh, We had a man have a stroke and fall down the stairs, a woman have a seizure in the front room, and a uh, homeless person came in and held a knife to his own throat and like threatened to kill himself in the middle of our room within like 90 minutes. We had three police hospital, uh, police ambulance visits to our restaurant in ninety minutes on the same fucking Mother's Day. It is a nightmare. If you're going out on Mother's Day, be kind to your waiters. They're in, they're in the middle of it. They're having a bad time. They're they're dealing with very entitled people who want everything to be perfect, but everyone is very demanding. It's the worst. To all you waiters out there, I, I feel you. I will never come into your restaurant on Mother's Day. I will leave you alone, and I will tip you very well the next day. I'm so yeah, sorry.
0: Yeah, That's not, it's not a good time.
1: Mother's Day sucks. It's brutal. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. That's my Mother's Day rant. I love moms. Moms are great.
0: Whoever brought up Mother's Day, this is your fault. It's just a true uh, statement. <laughs>
1: that, the pie pepper guy is, it's just a true statement. Mother's Day is the worst.
0: Yeah, no, that's fair.
1: Yeah, and also if you ruined Mother's Day by like there's too much salt or some shit, you're not getting a tip. So not only is it the worst day, but tips are bad. Yeah. Tips are not good.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's always something. Uh, yeah, it does it does matter. Anyways. Yeah. Sorry. Um <coughs> uh, yeah, so the bunch of the uh, sitters are there. <laughs>
1: <coughs> so yeah, the a bunch of the sitters are there. There's
0: bunch sitters yeah, there's there. A bunch of yeah. sitters sitters. Yeah. Um and so <sighs> The th- uh, Egwene has already actually talked to a few of them. Yeah, Egwene's it's a lot of
1: the people that she's been meeting with. And so right, Egwene has that moment of, like, does Elaida know that I've been manipulating the White Tower behind the scenes?
0: Yeah. No, because yeah.
1: Elaida's a fucking idiot.
0: Yeah. And so, you know, uh, Elaida decides that she's going to, I don't know, be Aleda. Um And Egwene <laughs> is like, okay, well, I, I... is consistent. is consistent. Is very consistent. So Egwene is like, okay, if I don't do anything... Mm-hmm. My work with these people doesn't matter. Because even though I'm not, you know, like Kurt or Benning, or whatever it is, mm-hmm. it, it the, like, they will they will see me as being, like, kowtowed, and they don't want to, like, like, she has to p- put forward a certain image. Mm-hmm. And so she decides, instead of doing nothing, she's going to fucking do something about it. Um, Before we get
1: into what she does, yeah. Amy fan says, Fun fact, the woman who came up with Mother's Day spent the rest of her life campaigning against it because it became too commercialized and not what she wanted yes
0: no that's so sad yes oh. it's
1: funny how many of those things there are
0: yeah like people Thank who create something cat. and then are like
1: oh I'm so sorry of what I've brought into this world
0: why did I do this that's how my mom feels about me yeah right your mom <laughs> fucking adores you shut up <laughs> everyone says you're the favorite sibling
1: <clears throat> yeah <laughs> and it's not close is the problem <laughs> is that it's not it's not a secret and it's not close
0: God. Like all of, wow. uh, the,
1: the whole family is aware uh-huh. of the disparity in love between how my mom treats me and all five of my siblings.
0: Does that mean I am also favorite?
1: Yes, because you're the one woman that yes. managed to tie me down. <laughs> yes.
0: Crushed it. I understood the assignment.
1: Yeah. No, no, no. There's definitely, uh-huh. there's definitely resent in my family over like the amount of love that I got versus.
0: Oh, Please. Your mom, ma- I have seen your mom interact with all of your siblings now. She loves all of them.
1: Oh, loves all of them. But 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 part part of it comes from the fact that I was so sure what I wanted from a young age. So it was very easy for my parents to be visually supportive of me because I had oh. very distinct goals. Whereas for my siblings who I think spent a longer time figuring out what they wanted to do and how they wanted to live their lives, yeah. it was harder for my parents to like show <laughs> support of their desires. And so I think that it more it's came less straightforward. The, the way my siblings felt came more from the fact that I was like I need tap shoes I need ballet class I want to do these things yeah and my parents were like great
0: that's N- tangible
1: it's so easy yeah, yeah. whereas my siblings were like I want to play soccer this year oh I I kind of want to try this I want to do this I want you know what I mean and so it's harder for it was harder for my parents to like zero in on supporting their life dreams because they weren't as like obvious
0: yeah okay
1: whereas like I was 12 years old and like oh yeah I'm gonna dance and sing and be a fucking entertainer idiot for the rest of my life my parents were like great that's an easy thing for us to be on board with yeah and like I knew what I was going to college for in middle school and like some of my siblings figured it out in their sophomore year and that's fine like everybody has a different like trajectory in life and and those are all beautiful but I think that from their perspective it looked like my parents were giving me all of this support but it was just because I made it really easy because I told my mom at five years old I wanted to be in the boys choir yeah, and I yeah, never yeah. made it, I, it was never unclear what I wanted to do yeah. and so it was easy to support me. Yeah, yeah. I, no, that's fair. I wasn't having those conversations with my parents I know my siblings had of like, I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I want. And you know what I mean? And those conversations are hard. Yeah. And I think for for a lot of people who come into life not being so immediately drawn to one field, I think that it is really hard to figure out what you want to do and I know people who are my age who are 30 and still don't have a great handle on what their like goal is. Yeah, and
0: there's just too many possibilities out there now.
1: I I have friends who have been honest with me and are like I'm jealous of the fact that you just know what you want to do with your life. Yeah, just that alone is is it has caused envy, right? And and I get it because like I, I I've never struggled with that. Yeah, and so I, I do think that like uh, some of the conversations with my siblings, when especially when we were younger and it was a little bit harder to like parse out our feelings because we were all teenagers at the same time. Uh, yeah. Of like, oh, no, but they support you. And I'm like, yeah, because it's easy. It's easy to be like, oh, yeah, you've got class at five tomorrow. We're driving you to that. Yeah. It's harder to support someone who doesn't tell you what they need.
0: Yeah, no, that's yeah. totally fair.
1: Anyway, so Egwene is in the room. <laughs> <laughs> Jason to thank you for being a member for 13 months. Welcome back to I'm the I'm glad you like the pirate shirt.
0: Let's go. This was an
1: opening night outfit from Peter Pan in 2019. It's a good shirt. It's comfy.
0: Good shirt.
1: So uh, so Egwene is like... Yeah, no, Alita, you fucking suck. Suck a dick. And then Alita beats the shit out of her with the one power. And I have a question for you. Um,
0: no, you missed the first... You missed the the, the inciting incident for that.
1: Lay out the inciting... Get into
0: the, it. the The best fucking part of this entire series so far. Did I write down the... No, I, I did put it in the Discord. I don't know if I can find it.
1: I think um, I have it here.
0: You, you have it? I... I... I, I doesn't, uh,
1: doesn't that happen after Aleta already hits her once?
0: Uh yeah, but the beats the shit out of her part is that that's what you said. That's right. true,
1: that's true, that's true.
0: Yeah, no, Al- Elada does like switch her with air or whatever, which like
1: A uh, so it, it starts with this. Um <clears throat> uh Aleda says enough of this. And Egwene responds, coward. And Aleda's eyes flared wide. How dare you! I dare the truth, Alayda, Egwene said quietly. I guess she said, sorry, I just movie Harry Potter versioned it, where I yelled it. Did you put your
0: name in the Goblet of Fire?
1: No, no, so it's, I dare the truth, Alada, Egwene said quietly. You are a coward and a tyrant. I'd name you Dark Friend as well, but I suspect that the Dark One would perhaps be embarrassed to associate with you.
0: Ooh, sick fucking burn. Oh Boom.
1: Get wrecked, Alita.
0: was sitting on the couch. I fucking burst out laughing. Like, I, like, stood up. Like, mm-hmm. I I could not contain the laughter It's a great fucking was incited for me. I, the, yeah. Fucking. Oh. Oh, man. I'm going to, like, write that one down, put it in my back pocket. Even if the person that I'm insulting doesn't know what it means, like, it's still really funny to me. And that's what matters.
1: I want you to say to a random person. We just never read these books. Is like I think the Dark One himself would be embarrassed to associate with you, and then be like, "He'd
0: be like, um,
1: Who, the Dark. Oh. Are you being racist?
0: <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, no, this was my favorite fucking moment, and Eleda I- 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 loses it and is beating Egwene. Like, and-, and the sitters are all there, like, this is illegal. Like, you, you, you can't like mm-hmm. in- enact like these punishments on the novices. Like this." This is, this is not okay. And the lady's like, no, I am the law. And she I, uh, she takes a little far. It, it,
1: <coughs> I have questions about this.
0: About what? Oh, the whole one power is a weapon? How,
1: how, how many times are you allowed to pick a girl up with the one power and bash them into a wall with the one power before it's considered using it as a weapon?
0: I mean, Nynaeve did it, and uh, Swan did it to Nynaeve, and Nynaeve did it back in like book two. So
1: they both did it once. So yep. clearly, once is allowed. Once,
0: once is fine.
1: Twice to the point where their faces bruised. I think she. I think she actually throws it out the wall three times. Um, and yeah, also, it's a,
0: it's a few times. I think the
1: pitcher. Um, she's bleeding from the arms. So like. If you're not allowed... If the oaths don't let you use the one power as a weapon, I, like, literally don't know what the fuck that oath means now. This scene kind of broke the one power oath for me. Because I don't get it. If you can cause someone... If you can literally bruise someone's face, then I, I just don't understand how that isn't a weapon. And I don't... I. This this chapter, honestly, I, it was such a cool moment, and then this took me out of it, because I was like, wait a second, this shouldn't be possible.
0: I honestly think that this is going to be an inciting incident for what the White Tower does with the Odes and what they mean in the future. Like, I think that this is a conversation that will be had after mm-hmm. this moment, because everyone is in shock, right? Mm-hmm. E- like, everyone in the room is, is freaking out on certain scales, right? And, and, and Egwene... Is able to she's been practiced with her spankings, I guess. She's able to get up and fucking look a dead in the eyes while being beaten. Like Yeah. Uh, like there's she's losing blood. But you know, even it's a She could be in danger of dying if she doesn't get medical attention potentially. Like yeah, who knows? 100%. Who knows? She's being cut, she's being <coughs> beat, she's being thrown around. Like, those are all like things you would do with a knife, for example. Leda is basically using a knife of air on her. And it's, yeah. I just, yeah, I agree. I think that this throws the whole, like, one power as a weapon oath into question.
1: Um, They're saying that, that because she believes Egwene is a dark friend, she can do it. But then, like, what is the fucking point of the oaths? Like, legitimately, what is the point of yeah, the
0: oaths? Yeah, she has no proof that Egwene is a dark friend. No. Zero whatsoever. And she's
1: never claimed Egwene to be a dark friend.
0: Well, she does, yeah. She's like, I name you dark friend in this scene. She's like, no, fuck you, you're a dark friend. And it's there's just like
1: Leda says.
0: Yeah, later says you're a dark friend.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. It literally a couple paragraphs. But over.
0: like, there's absolutely no reason for her to think that other than she convinced herself and made it up in her own mind. So if if that's if if that's how that works, I could tell myself, so, this person's a dark friend. Fuck them. I'm gonna kill them.
1: I just I wish that the books interfaced more with the, because I think the scene is amazing, obviously, right? Like, this chapter awesome. is awesome. This whole chapter is great. Egwene is great here. Aleda is great here. I'm glad that it's finally bubbling up and it okay. isn't just this, like, secret. I was worried that we we're going to get the secret war through the whole book. No, I'm glad she, that it bubbled up quickly. Yeah,
0: she brings up the fact that Aleda wants to, like, add another oath. Like, she, like, is able to manipulate all the people in the room to kind of doing what she wants in a way. Like, breaking Aleda like this mm-hmm. was the smartest move.
1: Yeah, I just, I I, I wish that, I wish that Egwene as a character wasn't so hot on the Three Oaths. Because Egwene is like, no, we have to, I I already believe in the Three Oaths. And I'm like, I I I wish that Egwene was being, was interfacing with the fact that like, oh, the Three Oaths kind of don't mean anything.
0: I I hope that that, this is a moment for her. I hope so. Like, I, I think that this is like such a huge, like, earth shattering, um, not like perspective, I think is the wrong word, but like, um, you can't go back from this. If the and
1: Alida, you- needs to be deposed for this because this is against the law.
0: Yeah, and she's like, I am the senate. Like, yeah, but
1: but like, if if the sitters don't do anything about Aleda after this, like what? Then they all need to be like the, well, but, and this is gonna, literally the yeah. law that yeah. something something big has to happen because of this. And I, I'm curious what it is. I, I I wish that it was in this week's reading. Because this was one of those times where, like, this massive thing happens. And then the next chapter is, like... Because the next chapter is mad, right? Uh, No. No, the next chapter goes to, like, Ked Swain's spanking Semiraj, And I was just kind of like... Oh, okay. Because the, the, the I, end of this chapter is, is... We end on this high, high, high moment. And And it doesn't
0: come back in this section. And it
1: doesn't come back for a hundred pages. I
0: know. And
1: it's just, it's such a big momentum moment to then like cut away and just not, we'll get to it eventually. Yeah. And I just was kind of like, I was, and maybe it's the Brandon Sanderson thing of like jumping POVs every chapter. And that, that isn't my favorite. Because this was a moment where I was like, I would have liked to have stayed with this a little bit longer because it was such a high high of it.
0: We do seem to be jumping around more, so I'm assuming that is like a Brando-Sando trait.
1: So that, that maybe isn't my favorite element of Brandon Sanderson's writing. Because <laughs> yeah. um, I think here it was a loss to like leave this storyline in the middle of such an incredible beat of catharsis and, and and an unwinding of so much previous stuff that we've been building to, right? Um while, while at the same time saying, like, the, the chapter is written so well that I clearly like Brandon Sanderson's writing, right? So it's, it's, it's yeah. that there's the push and pull of different authors. And I think that that's what's interesting about going into The Gathering Storm is kind of realizing, like, I think Robert Jordan might have stayed with this longer, but Brandon Sanderson is writing it in a way that I find more intriguing in the middle of the chapter. Mm. It's just different yeah. strengths, right?
0: Yeah, 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 for sure.
1: Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty crazy and uh, Aleda ends the chapter by declaring that servants shall go to the city and declare that uh, Gwen is a dark friend. Yep. Because that is going to go well for Aleda.
0: Yep, she gets thrown, I guess she's going to, like, a dungeon somewhere.
1: Speaking of the next chapter, we're cutting over to it. It's this chapter 17, questions of control. Dale Hendrickson, thank you for that super chat.
0: Thank you so much. let Inter- so-
1: Interesting, um... Interesting fact, Roe Wade was one, but because how far it has been taken, she fought for the rest of her life trying to reverse it.
0: Who is she? For
1: how? No. Uh the 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 woman at the center of the case in Roe versus Wade, the yeah. Jane Doe, uh oh, yeah. is against um is uh, pro-life.
0: Oh. Now. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Gotcha.
1: That is a very complicated situation that we're not going to get into on this podcast. Um but, uh, yeah, no, the the the, the Jane Doe, um, yeah, that is true. It's a true story. She is not pro-choice uh, anymore. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, thank you for the super chat.
1: <clears throat> um, questions of control. Uh, Cad Swain realizes that Samaraj's whole thing is that she can't be humiliated because she, I don't know, uh, and so she spanks her and forces her uh, some food. Uh, Semars throws her food on the ground, and Kat Swain spanks her and um, pushes her face into it and forces her to eat from the floor, um, treating her like a dog. Um, but she spanks her violently, which isn't torture. Somehow.
0: No, it's no permanent damage, I guess. Blue. Blue. Blue's here. Blue, we're Blue
1: don't read the chat earlier.
0: Not talking shit about you, promise. Uh, <laughs> no
1: one no one said anything mean about you in the chat, I promise.
0: Blue, thank you so much. I want to be clear, that's a joke. <clears throat> um uh it's good to see you.
1: There there were jokes earlier, but we all love you, Blue. Yeah. Um Yeah, no, I I just I was like, oh, I,
0: I guess spanking
1: isn't I guess you can hit people on the ass. You just can't hit them anywhere else, like
0: I think it is the same thing that people used to like in our laws, mm-hmm. open handed versus like fist. Like you can slap somebody and that was like legal or whatever. Yes. Know, right? But closed fist is a no go. So I'm just assuming that <coughs> this, that is what Robert Jordan was taking into account with, with this. Because yeah, they're not allowed to like beat her, do any like the damage or interrogating, but like apparently every single person in this world gets spanked several times at least some point in their life.
1: Except Semiraj, who's never been spanked before. Well,
0: she's from a different age. There
1: were no spankings in the Age of Legends. She's
0: from a different age, right? (laughs) But, like, in this age, spanking does not seem to be considered torture or physical abuse. Sure. Which, fine. Yeah. Yeah. I...
1: It is. It's just. It is that like question of like Rand is like, don't torture her, and Kat Swain is like, I didn't. I just put her over my knee and spanked her while she screamed in pain.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm. I'm just using the logic that from based on when Robert Jordan grew up, that I believe he is pulling from.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Corporal punishment is universal in Randland. Yeah, it it truly is.
0: It is. Uh, and
1: it it works. Um, Semiraj, uh, one of the Forsaken immediately broken by advice. Very this. embarrassed. Just, just, um, so much so that Shadar Haran shows up in a bit later and is like, wow, they fucking broke you quick. And I was like, really? One spanking is all it took? I guess. But it's, it's one of those things where like it doesn't do a great job of convincing me that the Forsaken are worth fearing.
0: I mean, Semiraj would have done unspeakable things like physically. And so I think prepared herself for a any kind of torture.
1: Are we saying she's a glass canyon? Canyon? Did I say canyon?
0: You did say canyon. Fuck
1: my fucking brain. Our she's a glass, glass cannon. Yeah, yeah. She hits hard, but she can't take anything.
0: A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Marcus thank Mar-Sedai, you Marcus so the thank you for the super chat. For the super chat, and thank you to Blue. Thank you to Blue. Yeah, I think Sommaraj, yeah, glass cannon. That, that actually makes sense to me. All right.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> um... That's that's kind of that chapter uh until uh, that side of that chapter. But then we also cut to Perrin. Uh and I, I this is one of those times where I'm like sure, I guess these two things go side by side. Um Yeah. Uh Perrin and uh Perrin's talking with his Ashman and they're like, nah, we're we're still too tuckered out, which is fair. Like they're very tired. Um but also
0: But also I don't get it.
1: There's something else going on. There's something wrong. With Sidin. Again.
0: What?
1: Well, he says like the that like he's they're they're not recovering as like he's like there's something weird going on. It doesn't seem like they're recovering as fast as they should.
0: Right. Oh.
1: And so I think that there's something. I think that much like the side like Sidar earlier, there's something weird going on with them that they're not recovering as, mean, as quickly with, as
0: possible. Like the wards not working and the rats and the. Food going bad and things. Yeah, but
1: it does seem like they're like, they are more tuckered out than they should be.
0: Yeah. <clears throat>
1: after a couple of weeks. And so, uh, Perrin is trying to like decide what to do, but it doesn't seem like anyone wants to go home. Everyone wants to kind of stay with him, which makes sense. Uh, he's very attractive and, um, he's, he saved their lives and there's no food anywhere. So it's like, yeah, why I would, go home?
0: I would stay where I was being fed as well, to be honest. Yeah. It seems to win pretty frequently too. So,
1: but but there's no food anywhere. And, and like, <coughs> the, the, the series at some point has to deal with the fact that there's no food anywhere, right? Because they keep talking about how there's no food anywhere, but there's no... The, I haven't seen, like... There's always just enough to get by.
0: For our people, yeah.
1: But we've gone through... the There was no water for, like, six months, and then there was a very harsh winter, and then nothing grew after that winter ended, and all the food that they do have spoils almost immediately. Like, there should be literally no food anywhere at this point and it seems like everyone keeps finding just enough
0: yeah it does seem like every pov we get no one has a single crop that is growing yeah but there's still food so but
1: there are there are multiple armies with hundreds of thousands of people walking around yeah that seem to have just enough to get by
0: i mean and they're the people with the money so they can they can buy the food but um yeah it does buy it
1: from who Good question. The the series has spent like seven books using running out of food as like a timing a, a clock that's ticking down well, for the last we, battle. The
0: winter hit so fast mm-hmm. before harvest could happen properly, and then winter lasted way too long, and now it's hot and it's too hot. Like it's just like yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. I, I agree with that. I just mean that like the, the the threat of them running out of food has been going on for so long that it feels like it should have tipped one way or the other by now and because it hasn't every time they bring up the fact that no crops are going and there's no food i'm like but it it's, doesn't seem to matter
0: it's got to come into play it's, like, it has to at some point it's yeah.
1: it it has to be it has to become a big deal that for almost a year an entire continent has not been able to grow food
0: it's going to be a problem it's it's definitely going to be a problem and i just
1: i and i think that it's i think that it is this is one of those things that i think is a side an effect of the slog being four books that don't cross a lot of time but for us are so much reading about the same problem over and over again that i feel like the problem should be more dire than it is yeah
0: do you think that food in the steadings is going bad
1: I have no idea.
0: I just I wonder if Sidon and Sidar cannot enter the Steading. Nothing mm-hmm. could be affected. I wonder if like the dark one touching the world as well that the Steadings are somehow safe from that. Not that I think that it matters and it's relevant to this conversation but I just had that thought.
1: I don't know that the like Steading area is large enough that the Ogir even have farms in there. Like I don't know enough about Steadings to know.
0: Yeah. Right? Fair.
1: And Bryce says forkroot, the only plan that survives.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I d I don't know. I, I just I I just thought a bit. I was like I wonder if the I wonder if the Dark One is able to touch this world in the same way in the settings, uh, as he is in like the rest of Randland. Yeah. I don't know.
1: I don't know. I just I, I think that like they, the characters keep talking about it as if it's a problem, but we haven't seen anybody have to come up with any solutions. So it doesn't really feel like it's a problem. It just feels like we keep being told that it's a problem, but that it isn't actually a problem. Like, no character has ever been in a position where hunger negatively impacted their plot line. They But they, t- they talk about it constantly. But th- I
0: mean, Perrin almost got that before going to Soul Hub or
1: hmm. He almost, he, it was almost a problem.
0: Like that was like a plot point that got them to that city. Like,
1: sure, but that didn't go anywhere except that they got the food. Like there, sure. there wasn't, there wasn't ever, there wasn't, it was, ne- it never even got tight, right? Yeah. They did get the food. And so we keep, It, it it's just an effect of being told for so long that food is a problem without it being a problem.
0: Yeah, I think it will be eventually, but... I hope...
1: I I really... After all of this, I really hope so. I
0: think it has to be.
1: Because I'm just kind of like, yeah, I fucking get it. No one can grow any food. But, like, it seems like everyone's eating enough. So, like, I don't... I don't know... There, there's no talk of, like, Andor is starving, right? Yeah. Even though they keep burning down all of their grain silos in Andor. There's fucking, like, fires in in Camelon every night. They still have enough food to feed everybody. And I'm just waiting for one of these places to be so desperate for food that it's actually a problem for somebody, as opposed to just something we're told about. Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, but uh, Perrin uh, decides to go see Hopper again. He does. Um, he's like, you know what? I'm sick of running, I own I focused on phial because it means that I didn't have to make any decisions. Mm-hmm. God, I relate to parents so fucking hard in this section.
1: Mm-hmm. Parents
0: like decisions are hard and I didn't want to make them and so I got phial back. But now that I have phial back, you know, I kind of got to be an adult and stop fucking running away from shit and actually make decisions. <laughs>
1: Uh, um, so this sh- is a good moment Sean says there's talk of people needing new clothes but I can't recall why that was it might have been re- depression related the The person who needs new clothes is sh- uh, in this next chapter A Message in Haste chapter 18 uh, Swan mentions that Shuriam, uh has lost so much weight that she needs new dresses but that doesn't seem to be about food at all um, um,
0: it's it's her
1: whatever was going on between her and Halima no, I'm um,
0: assuming so yeah but
1: Shariam seems better now that Halima's gone amazing how when the Forsaken that's Tying you up and beating and yet, you leaves your Swan life gets better.
0: does not put that together at all. Um, that fair. Halima leaving the camp is the inciting incident that Shiriam starts to return to her normal self.
1: Yeah, that's fair.
0: And yeah,
1: but Halima can also come back at any time. So true. Shiriam is still not a safe person for us to trust because we do not know what's going on between her and the Forsaken.
0: Well, I don't know really if Halima could come back because now that they have Ashimon around, like she can't channel.
1: Oh, yeah, that's true. That so. is true. Yeah. Uh, this chapter involves Swan uh, going to uh, the Hall is meeting because uh, Le- LaLayne reveals to everybody very intentionally that Alayda has traveling and everyone freaks the fuck out because um, that's bad. The siege is essentially done. There's not really a reason for it anymore, uh, much like the siege in Camelin. Can't really siege a city that can get food in because they can teleport. Um and also uh, it's bad because they don't have any money coming in anymore because they were lying to everybody and stealing money from the White Tower, which I wish I had known earlier. That's fucking fantastic. That's hilarious. It is such, I, I wish that they had revealed this earlier because it is it makes the, sh- the salad barbarians seem so fucking smart. Steal the money that is insignificant to the White Tower because the White Tower is fucking rich as shit. They don't even notice that money <laughs> not coming in, right? They're too worried about all this other shit. This is like this is one of those moments where I was like this is the shit that I wish that I'd known about the Salad Barbarians earlier cuz yep. all that complaining I was doing I was like what are like what are they literally doing from day to day? They're doing shit. They just have we just haven't been told about it. Yeah. And I'm like this is a great plot th- reveal.
0: Hilarious. Like fucking hilarious. It's so smart. I know. I, I, yeah. I I was like this makes so much sense. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I, I think that like I I was really I was so happy with it. I, this was one of those reveals that I was like, "Oh, thank you for Giving me a tangible reason as the reader to think that these characters are intelligent by showing the manipulations and the things they're doing behind the scenes, and I—it's I, just one of those things where I, I wish there was a little bit more of this peppered into the Salad Barbarians because they are so focused on this siege, and in some ways, the siege has seemed kind of a lot of their plans have been really terrible. Yeah, like the like we're gonna we're gonna take a rowboat up to the chain in the middle of the night and like that was a bad plan and I want them to seem intelligent yeah. and so this was this is one of those things where I was like oh really fucking cool Super I was smart. so on board for it
0: yeah yeah 100% um, and obviously uh, Suan's first instinct is Gareth mm-hmm. She uh, which should be everybody's sh- but. it should be everybody's yes Uh, but um, she makes sure that she like sends somebody to let them know hey mm-hmm. watch her back you know if they can travel that changes the whole fucking game for us um,
1: yeah, a thousand percent.
0: And then we we have this conversation with a new character who's, just like, been around for a while, but we haven't really had any moments with sh- um, another S name mm-hmm. in, in case there wasn't enough. Sherry, Shari- Sharina sh- Sharina. Sharina. Um, yeah, she's like, oh, yeah, Lelaine's the one who fucking told everybody, and Swan is like, oh, well, that's fucking stupid of her. And mm-hmm. Sharina's like, uh, is it stupid of her or is it exactly what she wanted to do? And Swan is like,
1: I loved this interaction. Me too. I like I loved it because I uh, Sharina, being an older woman who is clearly fucking intelligent and has the wisdom of her years, <clears throat> bringing her wisdom into this situation, and I immediately get this woman, and immediately I'm like, it's good writing. Characters, when when characters in this universe talk to each other about their problems, good shit happens. And I'm so glad this book has so much dialogue. It has so much interaction between people, bringing their perspectives to one another. And I think that that's what is the biggest difference between this and the slog for me. It's not just that the pacing has picked up, but it is that these characters are actually communicating in ways that I can like, that that feel like real humans.
0: And not just like reading minds based yes. on eyelid flutters.
1: It's never about the... Per- it's not about perceptions. It's about what characters are actually saying to one another.
0: Yeah. yeah. And,
1: like, people are asking follow-up questions instead of trying to, like, figure it out on their own, which has been a frustrating thing about Wheel of Time. Is everyone's trying to figure out what the secret motive is. And in Brandon Sanderson's version of it, there's a lot of, like, why are you telling me this? And the person answers that, and it's a good fucking answer, and I'm on board with these characters because they are communicating... In ways that let me know what's going on in the story, but also let me know who these people are. Yeah. Like, I like Sharina immediately because she's like, look, I don't know if I'm for Egwene, but I do know that if Lelaine takes over, I'm fucked. Yep. So this is my only choice. And I'm like, yeah, it is. Yeah, of, of course you're behaving this way. And and she's smart enough. She's smarter than all the fucking cocky ass Aes Sedai who don't realize what Swan is doing. But this novice.
0: Because she's actually had a lived experience with people who communicate. Mm-hmm. She's 100%. had, what, like 70 years or, or whatever it is. Uh, she's had a life. Yeah. Where people don't act like fucking Aes Sedai. Yeah. They act like human beings. I'm like, oh, I, I, this this moment was great.
1: And I think that, like, the Aes Sedai, the kin, and the, like, all of the women Egwene brings into the White Tower are so good for the Aes Sedai for that reason. thousand Because they need humanity. <laughs> yeah. The Aes, the yeah. Aes Sedai are yeah. not humans anymore. They're and, and it's the problem with Cat Swain. They, 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 they're so snooty. And they're so f- and it, it it makes them fucking incompetent. They're all terrible because they bully, they're just bullies. Yeah. And like I I don't want the I Sedai to win. I want the White Tower to end this series either changed into something that is actually valuable to human beings and not just valuable to Aes Sedai mm-hmm. or gone. Because the, the what they what this world has right now is harmful. These women are harming the world. And granted, if you're trying to make like how the patriarchy hurts the world into how the matriarchy hurts the world, you're it is successful in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but the 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 Isidai the, the White Tower is harmful.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah, I and agree.
1: They kidnap people and they they don't hurt people, but they throw them against walls. Like they're 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 the Isidai are kind of villains.
0: uh I, it, complicated. But I yeah I understand.
1: It, complicated, but. It, it depends on whose perspective you're coming from. Yeah, they don't seem like villains until it's your kingdom they're fucking with.
0: Yeah, and they they definitely don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I that's why I think that the White Tower can't exist at the end of the series. Yeah, that's honestly. Her. Um. But but yeah yeah so um, that's that's that section. Mm-hmm. Um.
1: Next chapter. We
0: get into chapter 19.
1: Gambits.
0: Which is, uh, we're back for the first time with Tuan.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And Beslin. It's, this is an interesting, this is a, this was a really interesting chapter to me. I, I feel like this gave me so much more of Tuan's perspective than, like, any time we'd spent with her previously. Yes. And I do not like this character, uh...
0: Just to be clear, we're definitely not advocating for the murder of all people who can channel. Just the whoa, white whoa. Tower I'm not saying they should die.
1: I'm saying that they need to meet human beings and be educated in compassion.
0: Yeah, yeah I'm yeah.
1: saying I'm, I'm saying that they need the, the white tower needs to be filled with people who are kind and they need to learn kindness. Yeah. Like I'm not I I don't want them to be hurt.
0: White cloaks are also definitely they need not therapy. kind.
1: I'm advocating for the, the for the I I to get therapy, not death. And like social Chill classes. Out chat. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, and no no no. I just want to be clear on that one. Uh yes. Um,
1: hmm. um but yeah, 2 on sucks. Really
0: But this is an interesting chapter. Really interesting perspective
1: mm-hmm.
0: here. Um and from a place of like, of uh, background knowledge for us and like necessity for the sanction. You know, their whole the back home is falling apart.
1: Yeah, Tuan's it's gone. like,
0: you know what? Can't do a shit about it.
1: The structure back home is just it's gone.
0: Yeah, yeah. we are here. We have to we have to figure this out now. And poor Beslin is like, you know, his mom died, and he's been like working behind the sanctions back to try and rally up the people. And Tuan, instead of just you know killing him mm-hmm. it's like so look here's the deal i know everything mm-hmm. and you can either like work with us and your people will have whatever well, they will have the freedom that they had under you mm-hmm. it's going to be no different it's just that you like you um to me you what's the word in between there you you have to work swear for me, to me. Yeah, yeah you work for me
1: Uh, Samantha, thank you for that super chat. I'm a bit late, but wanted to note that Brandon Sanderson is on record as saying he didn't want to write the spanking of Samaraj but was overruled because it was in Robert Jordan's notes in case it wasn't said. It wasn't said,
0: Ah, and that makes sense. That's very interesting. Uh, Samantha, thank you for that super chat.
1: I think I'm more with Brandon Sanderson on that than I am Robert Jordan. But um, if you have listened to this podcast at all, you know how I feel about how Robert Jordan uses spanking.
0: I don't really know how I feel about that one. Why? I, I I like. I think I thought that moment was actually really interesting.
1: I I think that Semirage breaking that easily because of one spanking it defied it defied logic. It for
0: me. definitely makes the force was taken fast. even like less intimidating than they were.
1: Yeah, and it also yeah. just is in my mind. If someone says you can't torture them, and you're like, well, I only spanked them in front of people to humiliate them, and then force their face into food on the ground. I don't know that that. I, I don't know what your line for torture then is. Yeah, like but what level fair, of physical uh, punishment do you think is torture? To
0: be fair, preventing somebody from sleep is also torture.
1: Oh, I agree. So, uh, no, no, I'm, I agree. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm don't saying, know saying what that the like the line is. I'm I'm saying that they 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 I don't think that they are respecting Rand's order at all at any point. I also think hanging her outside upside down is torturous, right? Yeah. So like I uh, none of it it, it, it's just another time where like people say things in this world, and I don't think that they follow. I don't think the follow up is what people say it is. I think that like w- it, the the oaths and the promises are so wishy washy in the wheel of time. Yeah. Because. They're they the the series wants violence. The series wants action. Yeah. And the the oath against action. Gets broken a lot in order so that there can be action. Yeah, yeah, and the reasoning for it is always a little bit weak, in my
0: opinion. Yeah, I I get that. I think that's fair. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Tuan in this moment is so incredibly smart. Mm-hmm. Even you know, even though like you know how we feel about her, uh, this scene was really well done. It's really really smart. She could easily just, yeah, off with her head and like fuck it. But she she understands. Like, the position that she is in and, like, what the priorities are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's, like, the sign of a, like, good leader. Like, she has good leadership qualities. It's just a shame um, that
1: it is in service of a culture that is so antagonistic to humanity.
0: Yeah, yeah. But she does even mention uh, Satel announce stuff. you know, I want to remember what she said mm-hmm. about how these people... Because they're very different from us, like nobody really understands one another here. Um, yeah. Well, but, but except for when they do, which is why it's impactful. Hmm. Um, and uh, who, what's her name? Shows up, Tylee. Yeah. There, there's a plan. So they' Tylee
1: survived the attack.
0: Tylee survived. Thank gosh. I was a little bit worried, actually.
1: I mean, I'm never gonna say thank gosh any Sanction survived an attack on them, but. Uh,
0: no, I actually think is gonna be very interesting because she's like. She has this view of Perrin now, after working with him, that, like, I think having those people um, among the Sanchen ranks who don't just see these people to be uh, conquered animals or Mm -hmm. like, who have a different perspective than them and respect someone who has a different perspective than them, any little piece, any little bit is potentially beneficial uh, for everyone as a whole. Yeah, that's fair. I think. So I am very glad that actually she survives. Um, cause they're making a plan to go fucking just murk the white tower.
1: Yeah. Which we know is going to happen.
0: It Eventually. seems like it. Yeah. The, the the
1: concept of the blood knives is, is so crazy to me. The people that you leave behind to just fuck shit up after you leave, after your mission is over is like, that is so dark. A concept. Yeah. Like just just as just as a as a wartime concept to be like we're going to send in people we're gonna accomplish our mission but we're gonna leave some people behind to just do as much damage as possible is like
0: that's fucked up. Yeah, I think
1: I think the I, I want to believe that the Sanchin are underestimating the White Tower in this fight, but. In this chapter, Tuan is like, yeah, the Aes Sedai that we've captured are useless as um, weapons. weapons. And so I actually, like, I'm more concerned for the White Tower. Not, not. I don't, like, I don't know. Uh, Like, I think the White Tower needs to lose uh, some pride. I don't think that they need to lose their people to slavery, though. Uh, And so I am concerned about women ending up in slavery. Uh, And that's it. The the shit this series makes us talk about on video, y'all, is wild. Like there's so much there's so much I have said on this book club that if people take out of context, like people are gonna think that like I talk about the weirdest shit. But it, this series made me talk about it's it. It's okay? not our
0: fault. Oh. It's not our fault, I swear.
1: Um the the I, I'm like worried the Aes Sedai are gonna get their asses handed to them in this fight with Assange big time.
0: I am as well. Um, and that means
1: more women in slavery, which I don't like.
0: I know, yeah. But
1: I don't see how the Aes Sedai like put up a fight here.
0: Well, what do you mean by that?
1: I just I like the, the war can... the warders are kind of the warders are very diminished by the fight with the younglings, right? So a lot of a lot of the warders, a lot of the people who train the warders are dead. So the Ice they don't have a great standing army. Um and the Aes Sedai are not effective fighters right a lot of them are very oh, they, weak in the power they,
0: no the, the, that's not true that the greens are like can still like do battle the reason that the I said I that have been captured are ineffectual as weapons is because of the oaths
1: but but I'm talking about the, the, the white tower has the greens and the Reds who are somewhat combat people. But a lot of the Aes Sedai are, aren't fighters. A lot of the Aes Sedai don't know how to fight at all with the One Power, right? The grays, the whites, the, the yellows, they're not going to be, like...
0: No, I think they all ...fighting
1: Domain. They
0: all... They were all there at fucking Dumai's Wells. Oh, Every sh- kind of Aja.
1: Yeah, and they got their asses kicked at Dumai's Wells by wise ones who aren't restrained by the One Power and by Ashaman who are trained as warriors. Not the they're not restrained
0: by the oaths? They're,
1: they're not trained by the oaths. But also, like... They're, they're not trained in combat. The domain... And it's the reason why Olivia is so dangerous is because she's so good at fighting. I'm concerned yeah. that the Aes Sedai... Yeah, they have magic, but it is like taking...
0: They definitely don't have the upper hand. I
1: it, I, I don't think that Professor Sprout and an aura are an equal match. You know what I mean? Do you, do, do, Wasn't Professor Sprout part of the Order
0: of the... No, no. I She's don't a
1: herbology that. professor. She's I, not fucking fight. You know what? I, my my point is that I'm worried yeah, that yeah, the domain yeah. are going to show up, and though I, I said are going to be like fireball, and they're going to be like firestorm, and it's just not going to be equal.
0: Right. And I that means more because, women in slavery because they have perfected using the one power as a weapon. Yes, that's my yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. I follow. I follow.
1: And so I'm just this this the the, the plan. Look, I think that Galgan and Yulan, I think their plan is good, and I think that it's. I think they're going to succeed, and it sucks that they're going to succeed. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit more about Beslin, though. I, Because I, I, Beslin, Beslin's turn and his moment of being like, Are you sure you're not Tavirin, Tuan? And she's like, I don't believe in that. I what believe in that wetland nonsense. Yeah. But I believe in the three castles in the sky with the line between them. And then Tylee the comes bird. in I know. and is like, Here are the heads of the of the Trollocs. And she's like, Oh, maybe I shouldn't. Like, her and Solushu look at each other and be like, Oh, maybe we shouldn't dismiss all of the things Matt said to us um out of hand. Yeah. And I was like, I'm I'm glad someone literally had to throw Trolloc heads in front of her for her to be like, oh, maybe I don't know as much about this country as I think I do. Yeah. 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 Um, but they're under attack. Uh the 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 plan the plan to attack the White Tower gets halted. Um I agree with Beslin here actually kneeling to the to the crystal throne. I think that you I gotta do what's right by your people.
0: Probably would have as well.
1: And, like, I, as much as I do not like the Sanchen, I, I think that Beslin is put in an impossible situation. Yeah. And I think he makes the right choice here. He seems like the kind of ruler who does not want to be king but wants what's best for his people. And I, I actually, like, would rather him be in that position to barricade for the Ebudar as much as possible. Yeah. So I actually, I I, I think that, and I think he knows that. I'm glad, I, I like the way the scene plays out where he stops. And everyone is just in a silent room waiting for one man to make a decision. And I can't wait for this moment in the show. Depending on how things play out, but like yeah. this is a this is a fucking banger scene for a good actor. To be to be angry and rebellious and then to be staring this person in the face and have to take a moment to realize that that death is lighter than a feather and duty is heavier than a mountain. Yeah. Like, this is this is what Lan is talking about.
0: Yeah.
1: Because it is so easy for Beslin to get to choose how he's executed in this moment and die with honor and go out and not have to deal with this. Yeah. Right? He is, he does not have to do this. But he, death is, duty is heavier than a mountain. And I think that he feels that, Every fucking pound of that mountain in that yeah. that second that he takes to make his decision. Well,
0: because you know you thought he was like doing stuff behind the scenes, and Tuan is like, no, I know everything. I know where you've been meeting. I know who you've been meeting. I know how often you meet them, and I know exactly what you talk about. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's like shocked, Pikachu. He's like, uh, fuck. Like, yeah. Well, what else you supposed to do in that moment, right?
1: I I just loved it. I I, yeah. I think you know I hate the reason why it's happening. I, I the Sanchen are tough. You know what I mean? they they're a tough. They're tough, but I think that Beslan in this moment—it's—it's it's such a good scene for him, and um, it gave me so much respect for him. Where he was a bit of a firebrand, who just kind of was like the easy rebel. You know what I mean? When we first met him, um, rebelling against his mom and against Sanche, and like to see that his arc has been really, really cool.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. The this 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 kind of leaves off with uh, t- uh Tuan agreeing to meet Rand. Yeah. So that's gonna happen, I guess
1: which leads us into the gathering storm chapter 20 on a broken road um uh matt is kind of a dick
0: matt is upset end of chapter um <laughs> yeah there there wasn't really much in this one in fact i forgot that this chapter was even here
1: matt is uh, it, it's a it's kind of a long chapter but it's mostly just matt is like upset and worried about tuan and so he's just kind of like a douche
0: it's like fuck women and fuck, fuck yeah, fuck that. This is
1: where the conversation of, like, how does Robert Jordan write Matt comes up? Or, sorry, how does Brandon Sanderson write Matt comes up? And I think that um, he, he's the, the, his charm is kind of gone.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's one chapter.
1: Yeah, but it kind of... I And, like, right now you could say that, like, it left with Tuan. But cutting to Matt... I think what's weird about it is that Matt feels very, like, anti-women because of Tuan. And, like, I and get Jalene. it because I've seen men do that when they get married. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or, like, a year after they get married. I'd The I like,
0: ball and chain. The bo-
1: Yeah, that joke. I'm
0: like, oh, my God. But
1: Matt is kind of taking that joke to, like, the next level considering he was married for, like, an hour before he hasn't seen her again.
0: Yeah, I mean, Maybe knows, an hour is in a weird prophetic situation with it. But mm-hmm. it, it was a bit strange. more, <coughs> thank you for that super Rantelmore, thank you for the thank super for the chat. chat.
1: You're Okay. Or do you, should we um, end this early? And... No,
0: no, no, no. We got shit to talk about.
1: I just love the thank you for that super chat. Uh, nice I'm doing my best. The White Tower seems to feel it owes its duty to itself, not the land, which is always a nice contrast to land.
0: That's fair. Yeah. That's fair.
1: Um. Yeah, I don't know. I. Yeah, th- th- this was a tough read. Mostly this... because nothing happens in this chapter except rant. Just...
0: I'm not going to lie. I legitimately forgot that this chapter happened.
1: Matt just kind of rants about women. Yeah. Um, and then Vaynen figures out where they are. And then... That I said I want to leave, but Matt's like, yeah, I'm not giving Jolene you horses, so they're like, not leaving. like, we
0: need uh 800 horses. And Matt's we like... You need 24. That's not how math works.
1: They like, need 24 horses.
0: I, but I was exaggerating for comedy.
1: Yeah. But, um, but like, I, the, even, even the other members of the band are like, Matt...
0: We could have been we can, rid of. We them. can get
1: rid of twenty four. Like we can do without twenty four horses. You we would have been fine. They
0: would have left. We were so close to getting rid of the fucking Sedai. What did you do, yeah. buddy?
1: I don't know. I I wasn't a fan. Um, I wasn't a fan of this chapter. You it wasn't my favorite, uh, admittedly, and it just it doesn't really do anything. It just is kind of. It was it's, forgettable
0: it's weird. because I literally yeah. forgot it. There, there,
1: it. There's no events. It just kind of like stops the book to like. Yeah. Be inselly. Yeah. Yeah, uh, silly palm. Thank you for that super chat. Thank you. Top of the morning. Chats. Mixing Star Wars themed drinks at work today since you know always a bigger fifth. I'll raise one to you both with tacos. Cheers.
0: Cheers to that. Let's fucking go.
1: Um. So let's move on to other stuff. Um.
0: So did you know Van and his fat? Yeah, yeah. That is repeated like, every um, single time he enters frame, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. I get. It. It's like the boobs thing. Mm-hmm. The, uh, you, the all the boobs have to be described. Vannon has to be fat. It's mentioned every single time that he's there. And we're like, yeah, I remember. The the, the
1: Yeah, it's tough. Because the Vannon being fat thing is always in relation to how capable he is.
0: I know, it's so like, it's a weird backhanded compliment every time. This fat guy is capable. How weird is that? I'm like, what the it's, fuck?
1: It's like in the Wheel of Time, no one is good at anything unless you're in shape. Which just, like, doesn't make sense to me.
0: Emily Rose. Emily Rose, thank, thank you for gifting so 10 memberships. 10 memberships. Holy shit hmm Let's go. Everyone's going to have names.
1: Oh, my God. That is so kind of you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um. Thank you. Baka Karn says uh, Matt's humor is supposed to be RJ's actual humor, according to his assistants, and BS doesn't seem able to imitate it. That's that's fair, I think, for this first chapter. I've heard it gets better. So, like, I'm curious to see how he writes Matt in the future. I think Matt having a bad day is Matt having a bad day, whatever it happens. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think that if it is constantly like this, I'm going to... I've been struggling with Matt since two one. So like Matt, once one of my favorite characters in this series is a character that I haven't loved in a while, and this is just more of a character that I, I haven't loved in a while, and 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 that's okay. I, I I'm I'm curious to see if they win me back over with him, or if I just move on to other characters. Because right now, like I'm so deeply in love with Avienda's character right now. I'm so deeply I love Rand and Min right now. I like there's there's so much going on in these books. I think I'm ex I'm, I'm I like Perrin. I'm waiting for Perrin to like. Get off the road. The the characters who are stuck walking around in the middle of nowhere, um, I'm I'm ready for them to get somewhere. Yeah, um yeah. but um like Lan, I'm I i, I do not need a chapter about Lan walking across th- show me Lan when he gets there. Yeah. I, I don't need him walking.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I uh, uh yeah, I Emily, thank you so much for ten t- gifted t- t- subs. Uh, if you got if you got a sub, throw some emotes in the chat. Throw your favorite one, maybe are a you okay? like on the video. Yeah. You sure you're okay? Yeah.
1: Okay. I don't want to push you too hard. I'm good. I know you want to do the show, but...
0: I'm, I'm here. I'm, re- I'm ready.
1: Okay. I love you.
0: I love you too. <laughs> you look know. very concerned.
1: You're Yeah.
0: It's okay. Like the video. Like it. Real hard. Like it really hard. Um, We cut
1: to chapter 21. Embers and ash. Uh, Perrin hops into the wolf dream and is like, teach me how to dominate this land. And Hopper's like, No. No. And Perrin's like, wait, but no, but like actually though. And Hopper's like, you can't, that's not how this works. No. Perrin's like, okay, well then I'll find another wolf who will.
0: And then Hopper literally just fucking yeets him out of the wolf dream.
1: And Hopper's like, no, no, it's it's that, that's not how it works. It's not that, like, I won't. Yeah. Use your brain, Perrin. Come on. (coughs) Perrin, Perrin, I feel like Perrin should have a better handle on this as a blacksmith.
0: A what? What do you Like
1: mean? a black? Because when you when you're working with metal, you have to work with the metal that you have, right? Mm. You're you're not you can't dominate the metal. You have to work with it. You have to coax it. You have to like find the strength of that metal and use that strength to build your weapon, right? If you try and like crack it all up to be exactly what you want it to be, it's just gonna shatter.
0: Arzu, thank you so much for ten gifted memberships. Arzu,
1: thank you so much.
0: Oh my god, that girl. is so kind. Guys, it's not Nerdy's birthday anymore. You don't have to.
1: I think they're doing it because you're being a trooper.
0: I'm fine. Mm-hmm. I'm good. I
1: know. I'm just worried about you. I'm Gucci. Um, but yeah, so Parent Parent is really intent on um dominating the Wolf Dream and and mastering it. Um, yeah. And I hope that he starts to think of it a little bit more, like a blacksmith who mm-hmm. who's coaxing it and and is like going with the flow of it. You know.
0: I, yeah, I think that's going to be a big part of it because mm-hmm. of especially because he brings up the hammer versus axe thing. Yes, so like I, and so mm-hmm. I, I do think that those things are going to be very much related, a hundred percent.
1: Yeah, and I, I hope he finds the the hammer, not the axe. Right? I hope he finds that in yeah. this.
0: In in the I think he dream.
1: will. I think yeah. that's the direction his character is taking. Yes. I like that he I like that he is deciding to be a leader though. I like that we're yeah. kind of getting past his like I don't I don't want it. I don't want I'm I'm done with that. We have 3 books left. These characters need to be in charge of their shit. I'm 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 good with them not. We've we've done it for 11 books. I'm I'm so good with them not whining about being in charge anymore. Fair. And yeah. I'm I'm glad that he's at least decided to not do that anymore. Yeah, fair. He has to learn how to be a better leader. Great. I'm I'm there for that journey. I I'm but I'm I'm good. I'm good on the like I, I don't want them to want to follow me though. I'm like, dude, the devil's coming. We gotta fight get, get over it.
0: Come on. <laughs> Buckle the fuck up. You've been riding I around with a banner for six
1: books. <laughs> get the fuck over it. Let's let, let, let's get to work, okay?
0: Right. Uh yeah. Fail, this is the part that we kinda of talked about where they have a little um funeral mm-hmm. thingy for, for their people. Add I, I don't have anything else to add to that. We chatted about it. Do you have anything else you want to add?
1: Um uh no. Uh, just uh, that they, they do have a big conversation about Berlin uh, and um, the jealousy that Fayol feels that I don't love. Uh, I
0: don't understand. I am supposed to feel jealous. I, yeah, I, I
1: don't agree with that.
0: And that I think that's just our personal worldview. Yeah. We're, we're not very jealous people. That seems toxic to me. Yeah. But and who, who am I to say? Jealousy's um,
1: been the end of so many of my relationships. And not even like jealousy of like, of, like, another woman or another man, but, like, and partially, like, because I don't feel that, but the, je- like, professional jealousy or, and, yeah. like, that's my fault for dating actresses and dancers who are in my field my whole life, is that that is more common when you date someone who has the same job as you. Yeah. But, yeah, Fail's like, insistence that her jealousy is good for their relationship when it has been so toxic. It has
0: toxic. been a point of contention for a while.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I just and didn't know I I it. I honestly
0: think that the jealousy fuels Berylain. Like, if Faiyuk yeah, wasn't I jealous about it, I don't think Berline would try so fucking hard.
1: Yeah, and now Berylain has gotten over that, thankfully. But... Um, yeah. Yeah, I... Uh, Tavirian says there's nothing wrong with feeling jealous. What you do with that feeling is what matters more. I agree with that. No,
0: it's just that I she's think, insistent that she has to feel jealous.
1: Yes. That's what, that's what feels that's toxic to me. That's just the part
0: that's a little bit weird. If you feel jealousy, that is a totally valid emotion. And I, mm-hmm. I definitely don't think either of us are discounting that at all. We're all human beings, right? We're we're all just doing our best. But, like, communicating through the jealousy... hmm is so much more beneficial than being like, no, I'm I'm supposed to feel this way and I have to feel this way. And it's actually helpful because I have not seen it ever be helpful.
1: Yeah, it's her insistence that it is necessary to their relationship that is what feels toxic to me. Yeah. It's not the existence of it. I, I think it's impossible to never feel jealous. I, I I feel jealous of my best friend all the time because he has an incredible career and he's handsome and like the, there there's there's things to be jealous of him for. That has never, I've never allowed that to affect my relationship with him, right? Because I love him. And I I, I also feel pride in his accomplishments and in the way the world views him, right? I I, I feel both of those things. And it's healthy to have both of those things and to acknowledge that one is positive and one is negative and, and, and to not allow one to take over. But if you start to view one as necessary, it will inherently start to take over. And I think that that's dangerous.
0: And because we have seen that it affects their relationship and how Fail treats parent.
1: hmm yeah, yeah.
0: That, that's the reason that I, I think that it's too, it, it feels toxic.
1: The weeks of cold shoulder and... Yeah, 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 yeah. and
0: that's that's just not fair. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. It's a weird moment. Their relationship to me has always been a little bit weird.
1: Yeah, and I was hoping that because she's grown so much, I was hoping that she would come out of the Shido plot with a different viewpoint that like the fighting and the jealousy that that stuff wasn't necessary, and it seems like all it's done is make her double down in that belief, which isn't my favorite way for that plotline to go. Yeah. Yeah. Even yeah. though I still I like Viola a lot, I just I, the, her her insistence there was weird. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's it's a weird one, and I do think that it's also a generational thing. Our generation is <laughs> like Robert Jordan, you know, like that. I. I I, I'm the, do not want to put words in his mouth, obviously, mm-hmm. but it feels like he se- it's he seems like he believed that that kind of jealousy uh, it, it is just an integral part of a relationship.
1: Well, and it seems specifically that he think that it's an it's it's an inherent thing in women, yeah. right? Like it's only only women are jealous, and men men in this world aren't jealous.
0: That's true. I don't think we've seen a moment where.
1: Because none yeah. of the because none of the women who have a man have flirtations with anyone else except for Roland that Perrin doesn't know about.
0: Yeah. And even Perrin is like, whatever you had to do in there, it doesn't matter to me. Yeah. But he's like, like there, there's spine. there's
1: no Perrin assumes that something happened between Faiul and that man and he doesn't t- say anything about it. And so it is, it is weird that jealousy is a gendered trait in the Wheel of Time. And in my experience, men are way worse with jealousy than women.
0: Well, I guess Demandred is jealous of, like, Luce Theron. But even that but is that's a jealousy violent... of
1: power. It like, and so is Samael, and so is Robin. But that is that is not. That, that's a different kind of. That
0: thing. It, yeah, that jealousy comes from something completely different. Unless mm-hmm. Damadred is in love with Luciarin, in which case Fine. I am all I'm all for that. Like, that's interesting.
1: Rand could use a few more people in his harem.
0: Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I just those. Yeah, those are definitely different. I, um, Landfierce bow. Thank you for a super chat. Thanks, Karis, uh,
1: for the MJ flu game effort. I got you. You don't way. have the flu though. It's just that you lost your voice last night. Nah,
0: it's just my throat.
1: We were just we had such I'm, a good time last night. Yeah, I'm yeah. fine.
0: Like honestly, the like,
1: music was really loud.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, but no, we're I, I we're both we were f- sick earlier in the week, but we're both feeling pretty healthy. But yeah
0: yeah yeah, for sure um, um, you
1: you were talking a lot last night
0: I was and the music was loud Yeah, it really was
1: uh, Glenn Peterson Glenn, thank
0: you for the super chat thank you, Mr.
1: jealousy can lose its effect on you when you truly start feeling comfortable in your own skin it's always felt more like a confidence thing to me I think for some people it is I, I think it varies I think there are different kinds of jealousy and it, it kind yeah. of affects everybody differently
0: but I do agree I think that uh, there are certain types of jealousy that are definitely stemmed from a lack of self-confidence.
1: Uh, sea thing actually brings up a good point. We saw Rand jealous with an ashman who made eyes at men and almost sliced him into two at the gateway. Um, that is that is true.
0: I forgot about that. But
1: Rand is also insane.
0: That's also true. But no, I appreciate you bringing that up. That's it's a good point. Yeah. Uh, that dark friend, welcome to the nerd table. Thank you for becoming an ARC. Thank you
1: for joining the ARCs. Uh, hey. So the chapter ends with Perrin being like, I guess I'm going to have to let Fayol ride into the final battle. And yeah. I was like, that's maturity on parent's part. He's 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 certainly growing his character. I'm I'm excited to see it. Mm-hmm. He doesn't feel the need to constantly protect uh his wife from anything, which I think is a a very masculine or um, not even masculine but patriarchal trait that you think that like women are incapable, which isn't true. Women are very capable and they can do amazing things. So um
0: not me. I'm very not capable. I don't know what I would do without you. <laughs> I expect you to take care of me because I am sick. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. That
1: is more, it's more true than it should be. I love you. You are, you are kind of useless in a lot of ways. You're so capable in some.
0: I am not useless unless it's above five feet, nine inches.
1: Or if it's in a car or if it involves cleaning. Um, If it's maintaining the cleanliness of a place, that is not your strength.
0: When I actually put my mind to it. I clean. If you
1: have I if clean. you if you're stressing out about something and you anxiety clean, yes, you do occasionally I do anxiety a great, clean.
0: I do a great job. If the so, goal is to
1: keep a place clean for a extended period of time
0: Yeah, no, general upkeep. I have seen
1: you I have seen strength. you I've seen you anxiety clean a room and then need one item of clothing and so you dump out a bin onto the room that you just finished cleaning.
0: You can't relate to that?
1: I no. No, I, I actually can. not That
0: seems like a you problem. <laughs> <laughs> See, the, the...
1: Donation for cleaning, Lord, Lady. Just thank you for a super you're chat. You're just giving money to me.
0: Thank you, thank you. The thank cleaning you. person. Thank you. To be fair, when we moved into this place, I paid someone to clean this whole thing. They, they didn't were do terrible. shit. They didn't do fucking yeah. shit. Way, biggest waste of money in my entire fucking life. Anyways, um, mm-hmm. it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And anyways, moving on. Uh. Yeah yeah
1: um yeah i I don't know it it, it it is interesting people are bringing up other um uh people are bringing up other elements where the men are jealous and I, I think that it's true I think that we are we're um I think that we're painting the genderedness of the jealousy with too wide a brush because failil's version of it is so in our face
0: it's the most consistent one well and so, it's the only one that's had yeah. like
1: consequences i think that the other forms of jealousy in the books, have typically been a line or two here or there. Whereas Faiul's is the plot of whole chapters. And I think that that's what makes it feel different. Because yeah. uh, people are bringing up a lot of points. Matt has been jealous. Rand has been jealous. And I think Chad is right on this. Yeah. Um. It's really that Faiul's jealousy has taken over an entire storyline mm. at times. Like Perrin in Rand's castle in Kyrian is literally just paragraphs about Fyobi being Jealous yeah whereas the other forms of jealousy haven't been as um, plot relevant
0: no I, th- I think that's totally fair and that's fair I, I think that's right to call us out on that it does feel very different when it's a one-off here or there because this is obviously the one that sticks mm-hmm. with us yeah
1: no that's, that's 100% fair yeah yeah um so, uh, chapter 22, uh, we did an audiobook reaction to this.
0: If you're a patron or a YouTube member, you can go watch it.
1: Yes, thank you to Dirt Burb for commissioning uh, that audiobook reaction. We very much appreciate it. Yes. Uh, but I uh, wasn't super stoked to uh, react to this in on video. Uh, not, not not that I'm, like, against it. I, I just, uh, this was tough. If you, there's about five minutes of this audiobook reaction where I'm, like, head in my hands, not looking at the camera. Cause this chapter is so brutal.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's rough. Like, um,
1: in our reaction, I was I was pretty disturbed. Yeah, um,
0: I was like, what the fuck am I listening to? Well, and
1: then after the, we recorded this, we went and saw Guardians of the Galaxy Three, which was also bleak. Like we had it's a bleak he- day yesterday. It's,
0: it's heavy. It's heavy. Yeah.
1: Um, it starts with Semiraj in her cell, uh, Semirag as they call her in the books, which is just fucking terrible, um. And uh, she uh, is very cold all of a sudden because Shadar Haran appears. Yeah. And she's like, you were broken. You fucking almost killed Rand and you weren't supposed to. You're getting one more chance, lady. I'm telling you this right now. You're going to go out there. You're going to capture that boy. You're not going to kill him because we fucking need him. You have one chance, one shot, one opportunity. Don't squander it. (laughs) Um, my and she has her mom's dad. spaghetti on her, um, shirt from being dragged oh, through it. Oh uh,
0: god, Jesus Christ. <laughs>
1: uh, so she, uh, she breaks out. And, uh, who's there? Elsa. Fucking Elsa. Elsa. Who's Elsa. different from Elsa which Else, is fucking bullshit.
0: Yeah, Elsa. Elsa.
1: There's E-L-S-E, yeah, and then I there's know. E-L-S-A, and then there's E-L-Z-A. 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 And yeah, those are three different characters Honestly, rude. <laughs> who are all Aes Sedai.
0: Fucking rude. Uh,
1: Elsa is there, uh, and Elsa has the Domination Band, which we learned is called the Domination Band because, of course...
0: Of course it is. I, uh, and also, she's like, I have a compulsion on my mind that you need to remove, and Simraj is like, wow, that's probably gonna fuck you up, but all right, let's do it. It
1: doesn't matter. She doesn't live for very long. Uh... How did you feel about it being revealed that Varen's, uh one power trick is compulsion?
0: I just figured it was like I was like taking that for facts mm-hmm. for mo- for this whole time. I, it makes
1: Varen so fascinating to me.
0: I mean, like she's she, we literally see her doing it.
1: Yeah, yeah, but to find out that it is th- that it is the illegal weave is. Because I don't think she's, she's obviously not black, right? Because if she was black, she would have left Elza out of it.
0: Yeah. And so. But only, like, one black Aja only knows, like, two others at a time.
1: Mmm. No, but I think that this is confirmation that Varen's not black.
0: I agree. I don't think that Varen is black Aja, but it still fucking sucks. But it
1: makes her so, like, I Varen is who Cad Swain thinks she is. Like, Cat is the person who's like, I will do anything to win.
0: Sick burn. Yeah.
1: But Cat has so many lines she won't cross. Like, Varen is actually that person. And that makes Varen scary as fuck. Because mm. we don't know where she is. And she is willing to break all of the tower laws to do it. And I think, like, that is... It makes her an interesting character. It's not a character... It's, it's, it's something I don't know that I agree with. Like, it's something I'm going to struggle with with her. Because she's doing something that is... Pretty evil, right? But at the same time, like, her intentions are good, and it makes her so interesting to read about. Like, finding out this was literal compulsion, I was like, oh, shit. Like, she's scary.
0: Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I, yeah. I don't... I don't think that Varen would be compelling people to, like, swear to Rand... If she was Black Aja? Mm, like that? Mm-hmm. Like.
1: Well, but, but that was during the Let the Lord of Chaos Reign stuff. So, like, that could have been.
0: Sure. That
1: could have come straight from Orden. Right?
0: Maybe, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Embrace yeah, I, I says know.
1: she's definitely lied before. So either she's black or she's got her hand on the Oath Rod at some point. I don't remember Varen ever lying.
0: I don't remember either, but now I'm curious.
1: Andre Tarp, thank you for joining the Nards. Appreciate Andre, that. Andre, welcome
0: to the nerd table. Let's fucking go. Yeah.
1: I don't know. This just made Varen, it just made Varen very cool. I, like, Varen hasn't been in this book so far, but this brought Varen up in my mind but in so a way that I was like, very, very oh, cool. fuck.
0: Yeah. yeah. Very
1: interesting character. Who I, like, don't know that I agree with, but, like, also, like, I, I think is working for the right cause. It's so tough.
0: Yeah, I know. Very, like, not black and white, you know?
1: Uh So we cut over to um, Rand. Rand is up in Saldea, because uh, that's how they say it in the audiobooks, is Saldea. It, there's such a yeah. long, like... I know. Saldea. Yeah. Uh, every time. It cracks me up. Uh, he's riding with Rodel Itaralde, and they're looking at the blight, and the blight is bad. It's moving up. It's like, creeping. What
0: two kilometers further than it was last time? Remember? Which is
1: fine because the borderlanders are all at their posts, watching the blight, making sure nothing bad happens, right?
0: Except they're all looking for Rand, and Rand is like, "Wow, I wonder what those borderlanders are doing." And it turns out they're actually looking for you, Rand. Go fucking talk to them.
1: Glenn Peterson, thank you for that super chat. Varon lied verifiably in book two. Marin sent, sent me. Maureen later said I never sent Varen.
0: Maureen sent me. Hmm. Moraine sent When was that? In book
1: two. For, but, like, Moraine sent... Varen told them that Moraine sent her, but Moraine who?
0: said uh, Rand, I think? When? I, sorry. I don't... Now, Father Jerusalem, that one's on us. I I asked. I was like, oh, I'm actually curious about yeah, that. Yeah, and yeah, I no, was, You asked. I opened the door for that 100% on me. Um, But I...
1: Thyshan says that's well, not a lie if Varen thought Moraine sent her.
0: Yeah, even if Moraine didn't say yes, go there. Maybe the three oats the three
1: oats have so much Swiss cheese in them that I don't actually think that that matters. It's interesting, right?
0: That's true. It may not. It it, it, it genuinely might not matter. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because e- you could you could even say that Moraine said something else. But I got the vibe that she sent me.
0: I got the and vibe. And so
1: I th- I believe that she sent me through... You know what I mean? Like, the, the three olds are such Swiss cheese at this point that, like, it could be anything. Uh, Varen can tell herself any story she wants to make that true. Yeah. And it's true, right? Yeah. Uh. So Rand uh, Rand is riding with Rodella tiralde And um, Luce Theron is like, yo, Min is right about breaking the seals. We're going to have to do that. And Rand is like, uh, okay... Cool, thanks, dude. Do you know when? No, cool. Let's move on. We're gonna go home, uh. And so he goes back to uh see Min, uh, and Min is just reading, and Min is like, "Dude, you gotta laugh more." And Rand is like, "You know what? You're right. You're right." He's a he's a dick for a second, and she's like, "Why are you being a dick?" And he's like, "I, good, good question. I'm being a dick. I'm. You know what? I'm sorry. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna laugh more. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna try, um, because I I'm I'm clearly taking this too far." And it's a great conversation between the two of them. I'm so glad they finally had it. Um, yeah. Until she's like, yeah, you know, like Cat Swain was telling... And he's like, Cat Swain said fucking what? Are you... She, is she using you to get to me? Are you... But, but, but I was like, dude, Rand, man had a conversation with Kat Swain. Calm the
0: fuck yeah. down, dude. And Randy gets a little edge lordy in that moment. And then is like, oh, I'm losing it. Yeah. He's like, I'm fucking losing it.
1: Yeah, it's a... Uh, it's a lot. Like yeah. Rand Rand goes way overboard on the Cat stuff. hmm Yeah.
0: Yeah, there's there yeah. I mean, mm, I genuinely don't know how they come together and work on this unless they get to the last battle and Cat shows up and is like, kill me if you want, but I'm here for the last battle, and I either die at your hand or the dark ones. Like, yeah.
1: But yeah, Rand is Rand Rand is clearly in his feelings about Cat here. Um and so you'd think that they're gonna talk about them, but no, because Rand uh, suddenly has a domination band on his neck. And standing over his shoulder is Sem Haraj. Uh, and th- th- this seems, this seems really brutal. Min throws a knife and almost gets her. Yes, uh, nicks so her close. cheek. Like, yeah, but uh, a, a weave of air blocks at the last minute. Elza comes in. And uh, suddenly there are two people holding on to the domination band. It's keeping very, Rand from doing what he wants to be doing. It's
0: very interesting that you need two for the male Adam... As opposed to like the one singular for the female.
1: I think it's because it's the older version, right? It's an older model.
0: Or do you think it's because it's a cross? It's side in versus Sidar. <laughs> um. Like if if um if two men were to control a woman, they would also need two bands.
1: I don't think it's that. I I think that it is that it was made during the breaking because that's what we learn, right? Is that the domination? Semiraj reveals a lot about the domination band here. It was made during the breaking, mm-hmm. so I feel like it was made during a time of, like, great tumult, um, and so I think that it was just, I think that it's just, I think it's more a design thing, of them being, like, um...
0: Yeah. Oh, Light, Blind, Full. I, I, I mean, I knew that the maid was gonna be either Elsa or Cimera in the, in the reaction, but I also, like, was trying to listen very hard Oh, because the, I didn't have the book with us. Because the maid, they mentioned the maid in the scene. The like maid that three can't times.
1: put cups down without making a shit ton of noise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: and that the won't maid who leave is terrible
1: at her job. Terrible.
0: Yeah, I was like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: The whole time because I I, I, I was trying not to talk because I was trying to listen to the conversation between Rand and Min. Yeah. Um. And yeah. so I was like, the, the maid is obviously she's yeah, very yeah.
0: clearly sus. But
1: uh, the fact that like the. it's the first time in this entire series where we've had the maids make noise while they're doing something in the room. Yeah. Of course it was relevant to the plot. Like, you can't not talk about the maids' behavior the entire series, except that they're there sometimes. Yeah, yeah, And suddenly be like, there's like six lines about the maid. And I was like, okay, the maid's clearly important.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I was just like waiting for the moment to happen. But uh, yeah, they should have, they fucked up, they should have stilled Simraj, honestly. uh, (sighs) Because... Samiraj so basically... It's, it's around, bad. This, this was scene bad. was tough to listen yeah, to. Yeah, you guys know what happens. There's torture. And then Rand is like, I'm already broken. You can't break me. And Samiraj so is like, uh, want to fucking bet? Let's go. And it is going to make Rand kill Min.
1: Well, and he starts by she starts by forcing Rand to torture Min. Yeah. Which is just fucking brutal. And, like, yeah. listening to Kate Redding, I think if I was reading this, I would have been a little bit... <coughs> better with it um but listening to kate reddings as min pleading with rand was really like her her, as a voice actress i thought she did an incredible job reading this chapter i think it's really hard to read and this one was um her voicing min's discomfort and min's pleading really broke me like and then to go into rand choking min with his remaining hand Yeah, Um, that
0: was that was some fucked up shit. Uh, Yeah,
1: it was. This was brutal, and like I get why people wanted us to react to it. I do understand, mm -hmm. but it was tough to listen to.
0: It was, yeah, Yeah. Uh, that was harrowing. And and a
1: lot of that goes to Kate Redding's reading. Like I think that her performance of it is is really really like she gives it the weight that it needed. She reads it as dreadful as it um
0: as as it it is, is, yeah. Uh, Christian rapper, uh, the Dark One broke uh, Kat Swain's weaves to give her the domination ban.
1: Wait, was it? Wait, was it Kramer? That am I remembering it wrong?
0: Yes, it's Michael Kramer.
1: He did a great job. In my head, it was Min. You can hear so, Min.
0: Yeah, you 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 heard Min.
1: And so I was like, that's, oh, it's a woman's voice. That's, that's how you know good what? He Credit was. to Michael Kramer that I would literally that I was literally so invested in it being Min that I was that yeah i was like oh it must have been ri-. Yeah, that's wild we listened uh, to it yesterday I like know, I, I know
0: but no i get it, it it's the the voices <laughs> are so stand out like
1: oh I, man. Oh, reading does the cat swing chapter that's right yeah um i Watch think you. Y- y'all you know me i cry a lot at media um and it's cuz i get very emotionally invested in things and uh, i was very emotionally invested in that chapter I also disassociated a little bit like you did during Guardians. Where I just kind of was like, I, 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 this is a lot. It was a lot. It was heavy.
0: Yeah. yeah. And it, it was, was heavier than this
1: series tends to be. Like, I think that might have been the heaviest moment of the reading so far.
0: It was definitely like the most personal, heavy moment. Yeah. yeah. The
1: intimacy of it, the intimacy of the choking was so, was brutal. Like, yeah. truly brutalistic. Yeah. In a way that it, it, the scene's really well written. It's so, like, it's so well written, but it was, it was rough.
0: Yeah, yeah. It I was, was rough. rough. I
1: was like, I kind of wish Guardians Three had been a happier movie, because uh, yeah, it was tough to go from this to that.
0: It's a rough day. Because I also um, really enjoy that
1: movie, and I think it's very good. But it's 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 bleak, and um, yeah, it is an ending. It is isn't it's definitely an ending. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. And Rand manages to break free using the true source, true power. Yeah. Whichever one, fuck, I don't remember what it's called. The true one, um, which we kind of talked about this in the reaction mm-hmm. about whether we thought Rand was seizing control of it through his weird connection with Morden or if the Dark One granted him access to it.
1: Yeah, this is the big question, right? Did, did both he. Both mean
0: very different things.
1: Did he pull it through Morden or did he get. Um, did the dark one allow him to break through? Cause we know the Dark One wants him at the final battle. Last battle, right? The Dark One, Morden, and Shadow Haran are conspiring to make sure that he's there. So did the Dark One did the Dark One sacrifice Semraj for that success, or did he pull it through Morden?
0: And I, I and I and I, I don't know.
1: I personally want it to be that he pulled it through Morden. I said this in the audiobook reaction, yeah. but I find like the Dark One wanted all of these events to happen so they happened kind of I'll reveal at the end the dark one it engineered the whole plot so that it happened the way that it did. I find that boring. I think that if you're going to tell me a story that the character's actions need to matter. Um, and I just, it's why I don't like prophecy. We've talked about this. I think prophecies that take away the characters will in events is, I find them inherently unsatisfying. Cause I'm like, well, why am I not following the dark one? Then why are you not just telling me the dark one story? If they're the character whose actions matter yeah. Why am I with characters whose actions don't matter because it's prescribed by God like i don't I don't care about that. That's why I think the bible's kind of boring. um <laughs> wow. uh, so like I, I i want I want Rand's decisions at every level to have mattered and that's why I'm hoping that he's pulling it through morden. so it's more about his activity in the scene rather than some outside force just deus ex machine power to him.
0: Yeah, I need to know what the fuck this connection is to Moradin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe, thank you for that super duper chat. Let's go.
1: Do you think you might? Uh, do you think you might make one of your listening chapters a Rosamund Pike reading? I haven't heard any of her narrations, but her great things from Lesbian Nerdy. She's only narrated she only the first, first two books, so I don't know if we could
0: do that. We're already past that, yeah. unfortunately. It I would seems love like she's do doing
1: that. a book a year, and so if we wanted to wait to read the Memory of Light, fifteen years, which I don't think we're gonna do.
0: No, no, don't. I don't think so sorry I don't agree and do that but it's a cool idea and i would love to if we could yeah
1: yeah uh spooky ghost says are we going to react to any other chapters yeah we're doing 39 40 and 41 yeah yeah
0: yeah cuz 39 were... is the
1: one that we do we always do one chapter per book um uh and then uh
0: 39 was voted on and 40 we had and 41 were
1: both commissioned some
0: fucking mad lads in the chat yeah. Who wanted more? So yeah. Yeah.
1: So we do allow people to commission reactions. Um, we try not. To, we it's expensive because we don't have a lot of time, so we can't do every chapter.
0: Yeah. hundred <coughs> percent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, it takes takes the power. I, 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 the the connection with Morden is honestly what I'm most curious about right now, because yeah. mm-hmm. what does that mean? Does that mean that like Lucerin is also connected with Morden? Does that mean Morden is Lucerin? Does that mean like that? No, like... no,
1: no, no. More, no, Morden and Rand are connected by the sky fight. They wounded each other in the sky. They both stabbed each other in the sky fight. And in that moment they became connected.
0: You think that's why they're connected?
1: I, a thousand percent do. I think the horn was blown. I think that the the, the battle over Falma connects them in a way that is like they, they can't be unentangled from that fight
0: interesting i just assumed it was older than that
1: but but like but ba- balzaman s- is in rand like i think that that wound Giggly. wow you are fucking no not balzaman sorry ishamayel Ishmael's in Ishmael's wounded rand is like it's there and it's been there with him the whole time and he feels it right so i think and now i'm starting to think that rand's illness when he tries to grab Sidin comes from that wound and it is the true power oh. wants him to take the true power and the the mm. illness is the his, is his is his connection to the true power symptoms yes
0: oh oh that's super interesting I really like that
1: yeah I I think that like
0: that's his withdrawal symptoms because yeah. he is they are connected and morden is addicted to the true source you like chatter saying that it's
1: the crossing of the streams of balefire I I don't think it's that. I, I I just don't think it's that. I I think that like the 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 them literally penetrating each other in the sky battle is more intimate and has affected both of them longer than the semi the semi-alf fight. Like they were already connected before that.
0: Yeah, yeah. The, uh...
1: They've been in each other's dreams before that. Like they, they they've had too they They've had too much connection for it to be that late in the series.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah, no, I, yeah, yeah.
1: Like the, 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 the wound on Rand is not something that, like, yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I just, I, I, I think that if it was their, their, their crossing of the streams of balefire, that just doesn't really make sense to me. No, Because it's not about like each other, that's right?
0: That's kind of like, that's kind of weird, but whatever.
1: I mean, it's very Ghostbusters, but
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. Um, and also, like, the, Rand has had this wound the whole time, and that wound was affected by Patton Fang's dagger. Like, th- there's just, there's there's a connection to them that's older than all of that. That is, that is obvious, and, and has affected the whole series. Well, it would be very I, weird for them to be like, Rand has this wound from this guy, but they weren't connected until ten books later when they did something else.
0: I I mean, yeah, I just, I thought maybe it went back even ages.
1: No, that's true, too. Uh,
0: but I don't know, like, I, I have no idea, so. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, um, what 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 else? What are we missing? Oh, okay. So um, Rand, Rand, Rand bale fires Samiraj and Elza, and uh, he was like, I was iron, and then I was steel, and I shall now be, and I was like Quendalar, and they're like Quendelar and I was like, yes.
0: No, they said Quendiar. Fuck. Quendiar. You're welcome. I, I don't um, like Quendiar. Uh, we had a good, uh, giggle moment in the reaction as well, so make sure that you catch that. Uh.
1: Oh, God, did we? It's such a serious chapter, and I laughed so hard at that. Min Min
0: doesn't want him to be hard, you know? Min
1: Min just doesn't want him to be hard.
0: Very unfortunate. (coughs) Uh. She's so concerned.
1: Min doesn't want him to be hard, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Oh, my God.
0: Uh, fantastic.
1: Min doesn't want him hard. Was... That got me. That really...
0: That was a good moment. Uh, and then we get yeah. a shift in POV and we get...
1: Oh, Sean, don't get me started on Tarvalin.
0: Tar- don't. Yeah. Oh, no. I hate Tarvalon. Nope. Mm-mm. Yeah. Nope.
1: There's a couple... There's a couple... There's a couple of their pronunciations that I can't. I just... Quendiar doesn't sound like anything to me. Sem- rag is bad.
0: Honestly, uh, Quendiar is fine to me, but Semirag and Torvalon, I, can, yeah. I cannot.
1: Also, loyal.
0: Loyal.
1: Loyal is a word, and, like, loyal is just better because there's even a point in the reaction yesterday where they're like, he's very loyal. And I'm like, no, loyal's the ogier. Yeah,
0: yeah. Because,
1: yeah. like, just call him loyal so it's not just the word.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we pop over to final chapter for the section twenty-three. Cad Swain shows up, has no idea what's going on, mm-hmm. uh goes into the room, yells a little bit, Rand tells her to fuck off or he's gonna kill her, and that's it. Pretty much
1: No. Cat no no no, 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 no. Come on now, Cad, Cad Swain a good comes summary. in like a fucking dumbass. Yeah,
0: that's what I said. And did you hear me?
1: I know I am going to more detail.
0: cat right, Swain fine. is a fucking
1: dumbass. Narishma goes to check on Min because Min has a fucking like, mark on her neck. You've
0: been waiting to fucking go in on Cat Swain this whole time.
1: Cause cause she's cause she's so stupid. And it bugs me. Because this woman is supposed to be old and capable. And not old in a bad way, but old in a like she's supposed to have the fucking like sense to bring some goddamn wisdom into the room, and all she brings into the room is negative energy. And like I just, oh my God, I was so upset with her until Rand is like, you're exiled. And I was like, thank you. Thank you for treating her the way she deserves to be treated based on her actions. Because she's awful in the scene. Min is there with a fucking choke mark. She knows that Semarag, fuck, I, now I can't even, I don't know, Semaraj just attacked them. And she comes into the room and is like, what did you do, boy? And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? How fucking stupid are you? that you would enter the room with that kind of energy, not knowing what happened. And when Rand walks over to the bed and is like, hey, uh, what the fuck is this? Uh, and then she's like, oh, that, what, how did that get there? And then Rand is like, they found this box in your room. And Cat Swain has the fucking audacity in that moment to be like, how dare you search my room? You fucking idiot. I have been complaining about the way that Kat Swain treats people for books, and I'm so glad that the books are not going to just sweep her activities under the rug as if they're okay. And I am so glad that the books are finally acknowledging that this woman is awful to people, and she does not deserve trust, she does not deserve respect, and she does not deserve a seat at the table of this team of people that are working together to try and save the entire fucking human race. And this one person who believes herself so above everyone else at that table that she is literally ruining it. I I'm I I I redeem the Cat Swain suck shirt. It will return. I was gonna wear it today, um, but uh, I forgot. Uh, and it's not clean. But Cat Swain, like literally, I I I've never seen a character.
0: We're about to just have a bunch of people buy the shirt.
1: <laughs> I've never seen a character who's who's been sold to me as being so capable show off how utterly incapable she actually is and, and and show off a level of inhumanity in a moment of absolute trauma that is just disgusting. Like Kat Swain's actions in this scene are actually disgusting. These people just went through something awful and she offers zero empathy to them. No. If I walked into a room and I saw a woman with a strangulation mark on her neck, I my First concern. And it's Narishma's first concern because Narishma is a goddamn good person. I know that I call him Josh, but he's a good person. And he goes to check on Min because she has fucking marks on her neck. And Cad Swain's first thing is to start bullying the guy that was just fucking tortured by a fucking forsaken. It is it is insane how incompetent she is here. Like, it is abhorrent, her behavior. And I, like, I was on edge during that reaction because yeah. she was... This is this is the time when you show compassion, Kat Swain. When you just ask, are you okay? And if she had just done that, it could have gone so differently. Mm-hmm. All she all she had to do was walk in the room with a little bit of human fucking decency for the people who just went through something awful that she knows was awful. She knows Semiraj was out the, she, she just walked through a line of women. I am literally like in pain right now. I'm ranting so hard, I have like a pain in my back. When I Annulled. breathe. Um, there, She walks through a line of women who are all visibly concerned. And she thinks the way to behave is to walk in the room and be like, what did you do, boy? Not even using his name. Dehumanizing him after he has been dehumanized worse than anything that has ever happened to she him. She
0: doesn't even ask what happened.
1: First. She doesn't. She accuses him. It's yeah. awful. It is absolute. It is the worst action that she could have done in that moment. And as someone who has been through some shit and has seen some shit and knows how to... Ap- Unfortunately, I've had to like approach people in moments like this in my life, okay? I am admittedly more sensitive to shit like this because I've been through some shit that I'm not gonna talk about here because it's not my story to tell. But I I have had to be the person that walks into the room when there is blood on the fucking walls. And the way that you do it is not with her fucking energy. And it, it made me mad. Like, I, 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 I hate this person for re-traumatizing a victim of something immediately after it happened, without even knowing that your weaves failed and allowed it to happen. Like she's partly culpable for what happened. And look, I don't really blame her for that. It's a force of, She she can't control for The forsaken. dark
0: one is like boom, bada, bing, and yeah. suddenly it's done, yeah.
1: That isn't her fault. Yeah, But not taking the time to enter the room and find out what happened before taking the energy that she did, it, it, it it looks a lot worse for her. Rand has no reason to trust Trevor again, no reason. And I, I and why 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 should he? What does she bring to the table except a fucking attitude problem that is disgusting?
0: Yeah, I really hope that my shirt becomes relevant later in the series, but right now I feel embarrassed.
1: No, it's it. it, it, uh, it I hope she turns around. But, like, she has to grow as a person.
0: Well, and we talked about this in the reaction, but I don't think anything less than this interaction with Rand could have changed her. Yeah, mm, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. of how fucking stubborn she is. Yeah. Because Rand... Oh, there was a super chat. Go back.
1: Oh, was there? I'm sorry. I My rant missed the super chat.
0: Yeah, you... Yeah, that moment.
1: Um, Rand, am more. Thank you for that super chat. Thank
0: you so much for the super chat.
1: Kat Swain, do you believe that if I simply willed it, the pattern would bend around me to stop your heart? Fucking incredible line. Oh, no. It, great. And, like, Rand's response to her in this moment is exactly what it should have been. Like, who the fuck are you to come talk to me like this right now? The, the, the Semiraj almost ju- I, My hand was around the neck of the woman I love. And I had no control. And I had to literally embrace the power of the dark side <laughs> to fucking get out of it. I just went through hell. And you come in here and call me boy? Yeah. You have no empathy, you have no sympathy, you have no kindness, you have nothing. You don't even have a question, you have an accusation and a dehumanizing name. It it, it just it, it it was it it it's it's everything I was worried Kat Swain was.
0: She fucked up.
1: It was everything I was worried she was, and I just I'm I like she she got what she deserved. That's why it's the name of the chap it's the name of the podcast this week. She got exactly what she deserved. Yeah. Like, you can't fucking treat people like that in a moment of trauma and expect me to give a fuck about, oh, no, but I need to advise you. Go advise yourself on how to be a fucking human being, and then you can come back.
0: Yeah. I agree with you. I Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I was so disappointed. I, but like I said, I think that this has to be, a, in like, a pivotal moment for her. Mm-hmm. She either gives up, goes away, and does nothing, and her and and she is obs- goes into obscurity, or she realizes that she was wrong. Yeah, and she does something about it, right? One hundred percent. Even yeah. if she's not with Rand, Rand is like, if I see you again, I'll fucking kill you. But you know, she can, she can at least still enact some good and try to not fuck up again, like.
1: And I, I think that's the direction it's going because the chapter does take the time to point out that Narishma goes to Min.
0: Yeah. I think they
1: include him doing that in that moment to um, foreshadow the journey Katswain can go on to understanding, right? Um, yeah, no, I, I I think that like it was very pointed. And even yeah. reading to it, it was very pointed that Brandon Sanderson included and Narishma went over to check on Min when Kat Swain does not.
0: Yep. Right?
1: 1000%. And like yeah, ev- everything about that scene, like Kat Swain fucks up in all of it. Yeah. Literally all of it. She there's not a single action after she enters that room that is even half okay and none of it uh, like none of it is good. And it's it's terrible. It's it's I'm I'm so disappointed in her because she's su- she's supposed to be the best of them and she's the worst of them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, she is the embodiment of the worst of the White Tower. Yeah. And hopefully she can understand that. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of anticipating
1: so. her going to the White Tower now and seeing the division there. And I think that the healing of the White Tower might be the healing of Cat Swain. Oh. But she needs to find some fucking humility and not view herself above everybody.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's fair.
1: Jason, finally, thank you for that super chat. Thank um, you so
0: much, Jason.
1: The people I always have doubts about are the ones who, having read everything, still double down on being fans of Cat Swain.
0: Well, that doesn't bode well. <laughs>
1: I like that Randall Rantelmore says, yeah, but Cat Swain has cool jewelry.
0: Fair. Her thingy has a name. Yeah. I forget what the name is, but her hairnet has C- a name.
1: Seasting C- brings up the line that I think is the, the 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 real, like, final nail in her coffin, which is Cat um, Swain's, do you expect me to apologize, boy? And Ren's an apology from you? Never.
0: Yeah. Not in this economy. Even even in
1: her indignation she still calls him boy after she lost the Adam. What? I'm not giving you the pleasure. Okay. I actually I, I didn't catch it. I was I I I I I like you were heard it so after I heard angry
0: it. that you missed the joke. God damn it.
1: No, That's I fine. I like heard it, but I didn't process it fast mm-hmm. enough. Do you know what I mean?
0: It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's fine. Just go be ignored. Uh...
1: <laughs> anyway, I, I'm 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 certain I am a hundred percent certain that when people picked the the breakdown of the, this book that they did this intentionally.
0: Oh, that this was the I last think one. we
1: ended on this chapter because everyone knew that I was going to have shit to say about Cat Swain because of this chapter. Yeah. And you know what? I stand by it. This Cat Swain sucks. She's an idiot.
0: She does suck.
1: And the, the the terrible thing about it is that she has so much valuable knowledge. And you know what? She probably is really smart and probably really good and probably could really help. But you have to treat people well. You, and, and I've been saying this since she was introduced. You have to earn your place at that table. And the way that you do that, the first thing that you do is when you see a woman in danger or, or in pain... And it's the woman who, the man that you want to influence loves, you check on them first. It means something to that man. And it means something to that woman if it's a man who's hurt. People care about their partners more than themselves. That's just a fact of life. And she she couldn't even be bothered to check on men or to even ask what happened to her. And like that is, it's just sad. It's it's so, it's so, it is indicative of a person who's very lonely. But, and I think that Katswain has been too alone for too long. And I think that she bought into her own hype too much but it's just sad.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. CCC, uh, thank you for the super chat. Let's go. My
1: favorite line, I've seen Balefire destroy cities. If I am a child, then what are those of you who are thousands of years my junior? What is that line from?
0: Okay. Who who said that? that? That's not from this book, is it? That's from...
1: I don't remember that line.
0: That's from a. That's from one of the previous.
1: Rand says Kat's Swain in this chapter.
0: In this scene. Oh. Oh. We, we were. Talking. I was mad
1: about Kat's We
0: were talking about it. Thank you so much for that super chat. I'm gonna go read that chapter. Uh, no, it's not in this chapter. No, it's not. Well...
1: Is that when she says, like, Balefire is forgiven, and he's like...
0: I've seen thousands burn from the pattern by... Wow, flames. I missed that, that line
1: completely. That's so funny.
0: Yeah, yeah. I've seen <sighs> Balefire destroy cities his growing haunted. I've seen thousands burned from the pattern by its purifying flames. If you call me a child, Cat Swain, then what are those of you who are... Then what are those of you who are thousands of years my junior?
1: I think that I was still so bad about her calling him child in this moment. I think yeah. I think <laughs> so. That I that it I, I, I guys, I was yeah. seen read a little bit in this chapter. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Uh I'm not gonna lie, I was seen read a little bit in this chapter. Yeah. I was um
0: But that's why it's a fun reaction.
1: Yeah, yeah. That is a great line.
0: Because you react to it.
1: That is a great line. Um but no, yeah, I I, I just I think she got what she had. She had it coming. Like she She
0: had it coming.
1: I, and I'm glad. I really liked it, too. And this is this is the thing. I think that I am ranting about Kat Swain, not because I think it's bad writing. I actually think it's very good writing because it is the consequences of her actions over the course of books building up to this confrontation, right? And I don't even think it's out of character for Cat Swain to behave the way that she does in this chapter. I don't yeah. think it's Brandon Sanderson writing her differently. Oh. I have been saying that this was coming since we met this woman. And I was right. And I'm, gl- and I'm glad I was right because it makes these characters feel like real people who Rand isn't such a slave to prophecy that he gives into it no matter what. Like Rand, he it makes him more real that he goes, Min's prophecy, fuck that. I can't deal with you anymore. I can't put up with this anymore. It makes them more real to me. And that's why I love this chapter. Yes, I'm hot, but I'm only hot because I'm only this spicy about it because it was great. And because it made me feel all of these things, and if it wasn't so good, I wouldn't care as much. But it is great writing. It is an incredible. These two chapters are so well written. Yeah, they hit so hard. They're devastating. They're hard. They're they're <coughs> brutal. They're they're they're. they're Violent and angry and and awe-inducing in ways and and frightening in ways. They're they're two incredible chapters. And I care so much about what happens to Cat Swain because it is a release of the tension of this character that I've been feeling for books. And it is written so fucking well. And I loved it.
0: Like, I think it'll be very satisfactory if there is a turn in Cat Swain.
1: I want, you know I want, I want, mean, like, I want character I want growth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That.
0: Like, that's, that's really cool. That's interesting. And it makes, that's why I don't want to put the book down when mm-hmm. I'm reading this one.
1: I would be very disappointed if she didn't come back. I want to see her realize that she fucked up here. Yeah. Because she did. And I I, I want that character growth because it's valuable. And like, that's what's beautiful about narrative, right? Yeah. Um. So, like, I, I, I love this writing and I'm excited for the future of the character, right?
0: Yeah, 100%.
1: Uh, San Denglocta thank you for being a member for 50 months welcome back
0: to the nerd table how long
1: will it be until Mid wants Rand to be hard now well he's gonna be like Quendalar, you know
0: I honestly I don't know I'm a little bit worried that this is the moment where he he is cold to Min like that he he makes himself truly alone
1: maybe I don't know though those trousers I don't know if anyone uh, Min's hips don't
0: lie you know what that's fair that's fair yeah uh, Glenn uh, Peterson. And thank you for the super uh, chat. Let's go. This
1: is the point in the story of Rain finally starts to scare me a little.
0: Oh yeah, <coughs> it was terrifying. Like, just, interesting. I didn't get that. No, the the detached coldness. Granted, it's from Cad Swain's point of view, but like he's he is a different person from this moment forward. Yeah. And he is going to be ruthless. He has renounced his. Eye. He had one line. One line that he mm-hmm. didn't cross, only one, and now that's gone. And as soon as you don't have any lines or any more, like, like, when that is gray and that is weak, that that is where the snowball effect happens. And I genuinely am worried for Rand. I'm very scared for him.
1: It's interesting because I was like, oh, Rand's going to get shit done now. <laughs> I'm a terrible person. I was reading it and I was like, oh, yes. Okay, this character is going to stop kind of just like working. He's like, this character is going to be full action now.
0: Yeah, you know what? Darth Vader gets a lot accomplished.
1: I don't think he's going to be evil. He's going to be working against the Dark One. I don't know. I just mean like Rand is like, Grandel's now on the table. Like, Grandel doesn't get a pass because she's a woman now. True. And like, I don't know. I, 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 he's, he's definitely darker, but I, I, I feel like he needs that to win. You know what I mean? Like he needs to not be hung up on women dying. Yeah. And and not that not that I'm like an advocate for that. I like I it's 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 awful. Anyone dying is awful. But like Rand has had this one particular hang up that has influenced a lot of the story. Yeah. And um, so I, I don't know. It,
0: before it disappears. Um Madeline Moffert, thank, thank you. you for joining the Nerds. Welcome to the Nerd Table. Let's go.
1: Uh, MJ Bull says I like sociopathic characters. No, I, I like my characters have feelings. Everyone says Amos in Expanse is sociopathic, and I don't agree with that at all. He is he's all definitely of, he's got his feelings.
0: going through the feels at the moment. Yeah, uh, Samantha, I, I, look, I know if people aren't being the best in the chat for but like the mods are not required to be here. They are they're here out of the goodness of their heart and are generous with their own time and uh, yeah let's just, not make comments about
1: the mods guys yeah
0: they're they're doing their best and we had to change our time slot today and that's not their fault that's not on them so uh, let's have some respect in the chat for the mods <coughs> okay i'm not going to take any fucking slander yeah. at all that's not tolerated
1: yeah we changed our time slot at the last minute because of an audition so yeah. like let's let's be careful about how we talk about our mods who uh, are not paid to be here maybe
0: yeah uh metric uh fabio i know you got <coughs> to We appreciate appreciate the heck out of you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, Jason, thank you for that super chat. (sighs) Darth Rand is best friend. I want to do a Darth Rand cosplay, like a crossover.
1: I I don't want him to be evil.
0: No, I know. It's just I just think
1: that, like, I find characters hitting rock bottom to be the most interesting part of their story. And I've been complaining for books books and books and books and books and books about this Forsaken and, like... The, the the effect that all of the villains have on our heroes is always so minimal, and this is like this is the this is rock bottom for Rand. This is an actual rock bottom moment for him, where yeah yeah he kills Samiraj in at the end of it. But to do that, he has to do something so drastically outside of his own character, and like this is where great characters are built, right? Is What they do from rock bottom and I've never felt like Rand got there I felt like we just always kind of like bad things happened, but it was always kind of Not as bad as it could be right Rand always pulled out the real victory in the end and some people were lost But usually they weren't named and and the 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 difference between all of that and what Samaraj managed to do between taking his hand at the end of the last book to now uh, This arc has been more rock bottom for Rand than anything previous to it and it makes mm-hmm. the future of this character so much more interesting now because he's actually like hit a wall that he couldn't get through without embracing the literal devil's power like yeah. this is i i just i yeah i i don't know i i don't want to say that Brandon Sanderson is saving the series cuz i don't think that that's true i think this is all from his notes from Robert I Jordan's think this notes this
0: is definitely set up but but, uh, but this Robert book has George had so much
1: more narrative
0: sanderson knows how to implement it in yeah. an impactful way and have and working with someone else's work is also very commendable. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> so I I don't know. I just this book has had so already so many elements of narrative that were the things I was clamoring for from the previous books, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm loving it. I, I think Gathering Storm so far has been really great. I hope we pare down some of the plot lines, but that's it. It's my only complaint is like it's it goes to many places, but like when each chapter is. Other than the Matt chapter,
0: it's, a bit weird. it's been pretty bang on. Yeah, 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 that one was a little bit rocky, but yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: We need to get you out of here. You've been talking a lot. You have no voice. Let's do high low. Let's get out of here, and let's um talk about more about this next week.
0: That's fair. I yeah. I mean, I'm I'm. I think we got through everything.
1: Yeah, uh, high lows is a segment where um we celebrate each other's highs and commiserate over each other's lows because my family did that around the dining room, and that was kind of our thing growing up. Uh, so, Clarus starts with her high, I do my low, she does her low, and I do my high, because we like to compliment sandwich this beach. Yeah. Clarus, what was your high for chapters 13 through 23 of The Gathering Storm?
0: Um, I, uh, um, it's so weird, because, like, I'm gonna kind of put out, like, two, because they're very, like, weirdly different. Like, reacting to this chapter, the whole, like, Samuraj stuff had me so on edge, where I can't remember the last time I've really felt like that. Like mm-hmm. the horror, like the genuine like waiting for it to happen. I really do want to like commend that and give that a shout out. Yeah. Even though it wasn't pleasant. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I think like the, the the high of the book that like made me the, or not the book, sorry, this section that made me like the happiest um, was the moment <coughs> that Egwene insults Alita that just had me fucking cackling? I yeah, like that whole scene was so intelligent, so well done. There's there's so many highs in this section, but like, I, yeah, I just had to, I just had to throw out both of those.
1: Um, Mega wax thank Mega, you for that super thank chat. You so love much. the mods. Love that Nerdy made it to this chapter with Cad. I love that Cad's uh, that Clara's toughed this one out. You are seriously a trooper.
0: I'm good, guys. I'm fine.
1: This woman will never admit that she doesn't feel great. Right.
0: Have you ever called out of a show? Yes. Oh, you told me unless you you went on stage with fucking.
1: I called out of one. Pneumonia. I called out of one Grand show mm-hmm. because I had um, uh, they wouldn't let me on stage. I did show up to the theater, but they uh, they wouldn't let me on stage because I had um.
0: Oh, I had call out.
1: Uh, what was it? abscesses in my tonsils. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have, oh. I, actually, have I ever actually called out of a show?
0: Guys, I'm a professional. I don't call out. I just want to be clear. That it's a bad attitude to have. You should take care of yourself. Actually,
1: no, you're right. I have actually never called out of a show.
0: Yeah, I know because you've told me that. Uh, Mega K-Wags, thank you so much for coming back to the Nerd Table. Are we
1: unhealthy in the head? Oh. I think we might not be okay. We've just
0: been indoctrinated into the theater community. Um,
1: uh, My, my... <laughs> It is, it is bad. Like, now that I'm thinking about it, I have, I've had, like, every kind of illness and gone on stage with it. Except COVID. Uh, fuck. You're right. My low of this section, uh, was the Matt chapter. I just didn't really care for it. It didn't do anything. There wasn't any plot to it. It was really, it wasn't great.
0: Yeah. My low is so weird because it's also, like, kind of the same as my high because that chapter we reacted to was so hard to listen to. Yeah. Uh... But um at the same time I, I think I'm also going to piggyback onto the mat that yeah. like I, it, it it was so forgettable I genuinely forgot that it had happened. So I think that's all you need to say. That that's all I need to say. I think you get the point.
1: Yeah. My high I want to add a tiny high which is right after your high. Agwane the Agwane joke Burn is so good, but then also Egwene getting slammed against the wall and bleeding out of her arms and just standing there, just right. staring at Elena after it while Elena rants and screams. Great, but no, my, my high is chapter 23. I mm-hmm. think, um, I, I don't take pleasure in Cat Swain being exiled.
0: But you like seeing a character have consequences. But
1: I like... Con- I don't want people to think that I, like, hate Cat Swain. It's not that I hate Cat Swain. It's that Cat Swain has been presented in a way that I think deserves consequences. Mm-hmm. And when narratives don't give their characters consequences for the way they treat one another, I fe- it, it ruins narratives for me because real people are very emotional and they don't like to be treated poorly. And when you treat them poorly, they respond. And seeing a character in The Wheel of Time, which has not always been the best for communication have Rand communicate that the way that Ketsuane has treated him is not acceptable was very nice. And it I, I really loved it. And I think that it is a very well-written chapter that got me very hot under the collar, admittedly, but it did it that-
0: got you hot.
1: Uh, hot under the collar. I, just... I finished that sentence. Uh, and I, I just, I think that it is a very well-written release of tension within the story that was very necessary. And um, I, I I really liked it. I, I think, I, I liked a lot of the reading this week, but the, the chapter 23 was my favorite part.
0: I just am so <sighs> curious how people felt like four books ago when we first met Cad Swain. And I was like, yeah, Cad Swain's fucking great. Yeah, let's go Cad Swain. Like, I just like, ah, uh, man. I was
1: admittedly confused.
0: Yeah, like y'all probably judging me so hard. Not that I could have known that, like, this was what was going to happen, but goddamn.
1: Look, if Shora Agdashalu gets cast as Kat Swain, Kat Swain can get me hot all she wants. I'm just going to say it.
0: Fair. Mommy?
1: Mommy? Uh-huh. Kat, like, she is she is more woman than I can handle, but um, I would do my best.
0: You know what? You, Your best is pretty good. You do a commandable I, job. I
1: don't know. She would chew me up and spit me out. I, I would I would not survive that encounter, but... Uh, Probably not,
0: but it would be worth it.
1: I do, um, yeah. I, here's the thing. I think that Cat Swain on the show will not be like this character at all.
0: I don't think quite so unless yeah. unless the consequences come sooner. They're not dragged out. Like, unless the purpose is that this character has a really hard lesson to learn.
1: <coughs> well, I just don't think it'll be dragged out for so long because That's of the condensed I mean. seasons. Yeah. So, like, she like, I think you'll only get a few scenes of her being the worst instead of books of it.
0: Yeah, yeah. for sure.
1: Uh, if yeah. you like this video, like and subscribe to the channel. If Make you don't, sure you
0: like it. you're a you terrible nerds. person. Look
1: at how hard Clarus worked with her th- Yeah, with no voice today Breaking to bring you content. So hard. Working. Even if you dislike this podcast, look, she worked so hard. And Please. she doesn't yeah. work hard at anything.
0: No, I never put any work no. or effort into anything. You are that so I do. lazy. I know. She it's just sits in
1: her lazy boy chair all day doing nothing. Yeah, That's oh, why wait. I
0: married no. you so that you could do it for me. Uh, um.
1: Yeah. Uh. If you uh, want to follow us on the internet, you can. I'm at Nerdy Nightly.
0: I'm at Claris Polaris. And as
1: always, if you don't want to listen to Smut Corner, leave now.
0: Or forever hold your peace. Yeah. Amen.
1: <laughs> um.
0: So. Uh... How
1: often do you think Avienda masturbates, thinking about Rand right now because she can't go to him? Cause it's a lot.
0: Yeah, it's not zero. Cause she's probably so frustrated with these punishments that she's been getting. It's
1: the only necessary she thing has, she's doing. She
0: needs some kind of release. Like there, like there's no fucking way. You can't.
1: Do you think? Do you think the IEL have like a weird, like unique form of masturbation?
0: How, what do you mean by unique?
1: I don't know. I just feel like with maiden hand talk, I feel like they, they, I, I feel like they would come up with like they have short spears. Do you think they are?
0: Just like what, like get, what, what is a unique way of masturbating?
1: I don't know. There are many unique ways of masturbating.
0: I feel like generally it all leads to the same place.
1: I don't think you have enough imagination. Um, <clears throat>
0: sure, you know I think the
1: spears. I like. I think that you like you throw the spear in the ground and then you can kind of just like squat on it. They've got great legs.
0: But they're like wooden.
1: Yeah, so dildos were wooden for most of human history.
0: I don't like thinking about that. I, yeah, no. I mean, they could, yeah. The spears. Yeah. They just, like, round the edges a little bit. That's that's fair. That's fair.
1: Uh, who else is fucking? Uh, Perrin and Fayil definitely fucking. Oh,
0: oh, oh we didn't talk
1: about it. What? The the scene where um Fayil is like, I fucked him so hard. How is he awake? How did we forget to talk? I, I
0: was forgot the, about the, that.
1: The, the the plot of that scene is more important, but like there is a whole section of this where how, where do we add sex into this? M- we know that Min and Rand are fucking like crazy because Avienda's like upset about it, 100%. and Parryl per- intentionally fucks her parents so much because she needs to sneak out to give Roland a funeral. Yeah, that she like is like I- there's no way he's awake. I I wore the fuck out of him.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, they are, they're fucking getting nasty. How did we not discuss that in the podcast? Those farm oh my girls. god, it's so funny. I, I don't know what the Saldane's trick is but goddamn.
1: Guys, book clubbers. I got a question for you. When we started this podcast, people told us not to get spicy. They were like this is not a sexual series. What the fuck were those people talking about? what wheel of time series did those people read because in this section we
0: bought the wrong book avienda
1: is like i need to turn my bond off because i don't want to feel them fucking if i can't be in the fucking and fayil literally is like i fucked that man so good he should be dead for a week
0: yeah
1: what people at the beginning of this were like this series is pg
0: <laughs> yeah yeah. i don't know they were they so were upset
1: wrong. about Smut corner and now it's like hard to <laughs> it's hard to add Smut Corner to the book at this point because all of the people who can consensually have sex all fucking, are fucking.
0: They're all fucking. Honestly, I can't. I, I think that Cat Swain, Sora, Lea probably fucking too. Oh, you show me traveling? Oh, I'll show you this. Oh, shit. Sora, Leah Cat Swain?
1: I mean, we know that Alayda and fucking Medani are fucking, unfortunately, yeah. but, like, we know they are. <coughs> That's true. I mean, all of the novices want to please Egwene, so I wouldn't be surprised if someone offered to be pillow friends with her.
0: No, I think they'd be too scared. Oh my god, that's. Yeah.
1: <coughs> Mattrick says it's not as overt as George R. R. Martin. I don't know how much more overt you can get than feyo being like, I wore that man out.
0: I think it's because it's the difference between this and like actual. Sn- <coughs>
1: and that's our show y'all thank you for a great podcast Clarus. you're a trooper at some point one of us is gonna have to call out of something nope alright well until next week uh, I don't know what chapters we're reading to. it's all on the discord join X the discord if you're not on the discord
0: Seven, I think
1: oh so the, all of the reactions will be the week after that I think ooh the week sh- after next we have a lot of reacting to do Um, y'all thank you for a great stream thank you to our mods uh, a reminder don't talk shit about our mods we will kick you
0: uh, yeah, that's your only warning. Don't let it happen yeah. again.
1: Uh, but um, also, like, as we get to the end of the series, I feel like discussions are going to get a little bit closer to what's happening in the books. And I think that we all just need to be... If we ask about something that happened in book two, it's okay that people answer that. Let's all be kind to each other. Yeah, if um, if we
0: don't ask, don't tell us. Yeah. That's for us to find on a reread, which is really, really fun. But if we ask... That's yeah. fine. Like, you can, yeah, yeah. I know, it's sorry. It's I know it's a weird thing. A lot of people like those clarifications. I'm sorry, we, we do do it a little bit differently, but please, please try your best to respect that.
1: But uh, just know that uh, the people who are our mods are, it's, it, they were not given that position lightly. We care about them. They are our friends, uh, and we will not take any disrespect towards them. Um, uh, that's where we're going to end the show. Yeah. Thank you so much for mods, for everything that they do. Thank you to everyone for being here. This was a fun one. I cannot wait to see what God Swain is up to next week. Uh, God, I hope she self-reflects a little bit. But until then, do something nerdy tonight, and I'm going to go put Clarissa in a nice hot bath.
0: Bye. Bye, guys.